Alan has discovered um, frozen beer in Spain. Wow. Frozen. You mean like beer slushy, basically? Well, uh, apparently the, their whole thing for the hot weather is to um, like pre-pour your pint, your pint glass of beer. Uh-huh. Stick it in a big freezer, so when you actually order it, it's like an ice cube. Wow, okay. But it slowly, like, obviously sort of melts as it gets room temperature. But it still remains, and rather than just having, like, a warm pint at the end, mm-hmm. you've got a cold pint all the way through. But it, like, melt at different rates, like the water will, will melt before. I don't know, Phil. I'm not an expert in the Spanish alcohol. science. <laughs> Well, Spanish, you mean, sorry, hang on a minute, hang on. What is, what is Spanish science and why does it differ from actual science? Because it's Spanish. I'm just going to make okay, sure that is like the, the uh, cut at the end of the show, just like Cam going, I'm not an expert in Spanish science. That's it. No context. <laughs> is Alan here? I Alan see he's online. But he's, he's on online. Phone, he's is, online, yeah. He's online. He's online his phone, though, which is worrying. Is he looking for some headphones again? At least he's doing that before he calls in. Probably. Don't they ask that? Lost headphones. Lost headphones. That's what we say right now. Spanish science. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Al. Uh, I'm having now technical difficulty again. I always do. I know. Oh my god! Big <laughs> Archer. We're just watching Flair's last match and a gift from RoboCop, so don't mind us. <laughs> right. Um, that's fine. Give me a few seconds. I will join you. So I'll put you some mute hang up. All right. No all right. On El Muto. <laughs> no. Stop. El bonito de bread. What did it do? What did magnesium? Welcome to the Conquistables. It's the spookiest time of the year, which means it's time for Halloween Havoc 1994. Standing warily in the ring as the cage lowers from the ceiling. Bunkhouse filled oil. Colonel Ewan Taylor. The Mouth of the South, Karen Phillips. And Hot Sauce, Geordie Allen Milburn. Only tonight on The Conquistables. At least we're like Sting. Sting doesn't have to fucking wrestle. No, he just jumps off things now. Yeah, still off, you know, but it's, it's cool when Sting does, but it's not yeah. as if you're like... That you're was so what... good at that pay-per-view. It's like, he's oh, up to the rafters. Amazing, forbidden door. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it's like, <clears throat> oh no, he's just on top of the flipping entrance way. Oh, he's just jumped off. What the hell? He's amazing. Why not? Yeah, and he did the nipple thing. Well. They did the nipple thing, and he's like, what yeah. are you doing? Here's the thing, though. Sting doesn't even need to see anything. It's just his presence alone yeah. is enough. Yeah. I mean, what, he's, he's just, been in AEW for, what, approaching two years now? He's not just a big No, he's sporty, you know, he speaks in... No, he's, he's, he only speaks when it's absolutely necessary. But the he's rest of the time, like, he's just... He's almost like I Darby Allen's silent partner. I'll probably throw it out there that I think, if you're talking about the use of legacy wrestlers, I don't think yeah. AEW's the best it's ever been. Correct. 
Yes, with the way they use those old guys. You've got you've got Sting being Darby Allen's dad. You've got Mark Henry just having a meme catchphrase on Rampage every week. Oh, that's great. Laugh at. <laughs> He's so happy when he says it. And just the way, just with a big smile, going, "It's time <laughs> for the move." <laughs> the crowd does it along with him. It's just tremendous. It's just yeah, it's like, but the way they use it, Mike, it's, it's never like derogatory towards those people like no. a lot of WWE no. was these old people it was like it was really rough yeah it was not good or they bring whereas... him into Peace of Peace later and they walk out again sort of thing whereas like mm-hmm. it's just like look how are they using Sting it's I brilliant. mean I'm just going to say this right now William Regal is the best color commentator in history and not just for <laughs> oh, the yeah, trip yeah. I always look forward to Regal coming down for Blackpool Combat Club matches Trout Slapper has entered the lexicon of this house quite firmly now <laughs> <laughs> it's well, just... Great. Well, I just look at him and go, you trout slapper. I do, I do love how he just he, he comes in, he says hello to Tony Shivari. There he goes, oh hello, Excalibur, you look delicious. It's like I love you. You're just the best. Is he still calling him Man in a Mask? Yeah, yes. Man in a Mask. Good evening, Man in a Mask. So what do you call Taz? He's just called Tasmaniac or something. I can't really call yes, Taz. He now. calls him Tasmaniac. Yes, <laughs> Jericho. Really he's always got no time for for obvious reasons. <laughs> That's who we call him, oh. trout slapper. Oh, yep. brilliant. I apologise, Mr. Maniac, man in the mask, if I'm not quite on form tonight. But I, I'm rather upsetting. In fact, I'm vexed that I'm not looking at you with a bald head, you trout slapper. Is Al back? I don't know. Uh, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Are you alright, Al? I am. Yeah, I don't know. I thought we were doing WCW. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, we're talking about Ric Flair's last match. All right, then. Well, surely that would be better to discuss at the end when it's relevant. <laughs> no. Oof. Wow. You're in the mood today. I like it. Oof. Well, on that note. <laughs> Didn't even know he was in the call. Waiting for him to show up, and he's now asleep. He was in the call, but I said he was away because he had technical difficulties. I didn't know he was back. I've been back. I've just been listening for hours and hours. You fucking creep. (laughs) Mr. Fibbles is very hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you got that reference. Right. That's that's another one for a bonus clip. Just saying. (laughs) Get that clipped. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, this is a classic wrestling podcast, by the way, folks, in case you don't know. Episode 49. Classic. What we're doing for episode 69, that's what I want to know. Oh, Oh, nice. That's when the OnlyFans launches. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway. So our our watchback, well, unintentional watchback of show set the Joe Lewis Arena continues this month. Well, was this one not chosen kind of on purpose because it was on the Joe Lewis Arena? I, I, so. I believe so, I believe so. Yeah. To, continue, I to, continue, to do the theme. So it, it was unintentional initially, and now it's become very much intentional. I, I can't <laughs> think of any other reason I would choose it, so yeah. <laughs> it's I, not I mean. We'll come to it, but I think there's lots of reasons why you'd pick this one out, being brutally honest. <laughs> well, 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 to be fair, you, you know, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to my thoughts towards the end, I think, but... What what even are we doing? What are we here talking on the microphones to each other for? for God's we speak, are somebody. here talking about WCW Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety four, October twenty third, nineteen ninety four, from the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan, with an apparent attendance of fourteen thousand. <laughs> On the 
Julius Flair Higgins. Superstars, professional wrestling has ever known and ever will know. Put it all on the line tonight. Hi, everyone. It's Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and me, Gene Oakland. And gentlemen, this is the night on October 23rd, 1994, that we've all been waiting for. And this was Al's pick? This was yes, Al's it pick. Was indeed. So, apart from it being the Julius Arena, Al, why did you pick the show? Um... It was at the Joe Lewis Arena. There we Fair go. Perfect. <laughs> so, the tagline. So are, you, are you are you leading us through this? Um, I can I can lead you any way you like. Um. Oh my! Uh, uh, over there. It's kind of an unwritten law that the person who chose the show kind of gets to lead the show when we're doing it. It's true. Oh God. I mean, I I can start with I can start with the tagline for the show. I want to talk about that. Okay. So the tagline for the show was witness the terrifying rage in the cage. On my notes, I wrote, looking at the card and the fact Mr. T's a special guest referee. I kind of agree. Well, yeah, we'll get to that later on in the evening. Um, but mm-hmm. um, aye, that's the, the your main event this evening, um, which is obviously upcoming. I pity yeah. the fool who bought this pay-per-view. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, my first note uh, here, we have Heenan, Shivani, and Mean Gene on commentary. But why would you make your national anthem so hard to sing? Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare I forgot to do. I was going to Google the guy who sung it. Um, does anyone know what he's <laughs> I don't care, but he should have been shot. <laughs> T. Graham Brown was his name. He was a country music artist of the 80s and 90s. Well, that explains a lot. Didn't recognize right. a single song, and I would gladly have just. At first, I was like, is this like one of the grips? Like one of the lighting guys? They just kind of put a shirt on and just made sing. But no, apparently, he was no like idea. an actual recording guy. When you Apparently, see, you see, I don't quite understand why the it's Halloween Havoc, so should he not have sung something better? Like, you know, well, see, do I do the mash. He did the mash, the mash, the mash, the mash. caught on in the flash. I, I let you know, Tony asks the fans to rise to the national anthem. What in the fuck is this nonsense? Patriotism at Halloween. Didn't catch a singer's name, but I'd had, give them a yeah, solid minus can you imagine five. The, can you imagine the actually thermonuclear heat that you would get from the entire arena having to stand for the national anthem? And then whoever it was going, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. He did the mash. They really should have done it on the 30th of October. Should they, they not? That's, you know, that's, they that's a lot closer to Halloween it's... than the 23rd of October. No, I, don't I, I think it'll once again depend on when you can book the arenas for. Um... Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's a Halloween Havoc uh, years to come. That's on something like the 14th of October. I'm, right. I'm going to research that. You just talk amongst right. yourselves. I mean, it's, uh, kind okay, of like well. having, it's kind of like having SummerSlam in like, the beginning of August. It's just wrong. Yeah, you're right, it is. <laughs> you know, that's, that's... I just want to make sure, like the opening promo, did the audio sound really bad for everybody? Yes, it sounded yes, like it ass. does. 
I don't know what. I think we were trying to be like edgy or something, but it just sounded awful. Is it, is it not one of those pay-per-views on the network that appears without warning about saying how it is, this is the best reproduction of it we can get? <laughs> I, I didn't see time. that, to be fair. I think it's one I of those. Didn't see that. But I was like, what? I started playing it, I was like, on my phone, and I was like, is my phone messed up? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And I had to like restart on the TV. It's like, no, it's actually just like, they just made it intentionally sound really, really bad. Good job, guys. Yeah, pretty much. Right. WCW. Was I ever explained why Keenan was wearing a neck brace? Because I did not know. No. Uh, I think he has legitimate surgery. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, was this not around about the time that Heenan had neck surgery legit? Okay. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure he had to. I thought it was an anyway. angle. But you know what? What Phil's uh, first impression of the pay-per-view arena was that got a big tick? Go on. There's only one ring. Hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> with a single ring. We did it's it like, Right, run to a winner. Let's go, guys. Let's see what's going yeah, on. It's ring. promising already. Single ring, shitty pyro to start the show. So are you wanting to lead us, Al, or do you want anyone else to do it? No, no, you can do Al join in. That's fine. Right, okay. I'll, I'll just look stuff up. Uh, no, I, 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 I was wrong I about that. I thought there was a, a lot earlier Halloween Havoc, but there's not. Um, I think the 29th is the closest we've ever got to Halloween. I mean, but, I saw... uh, no, there, there, there's always the 20 something. I thought there was uh, one in the teens, but no, the 20 well, something is. Uh... You'd be relying on the 31st falling on a weekend, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, I could have swore there was one uh, early on, but I was wrong. I was wrong on it. Yeah, they're, they're all about the 20 something. The tw- Actually, ironically, I think the closest one was the 29th of October, and that was the final one, or the final <laughs> WCW. Oh, yeah. okay. Just don't forget, they brought it back, didn't they? The NXT yeah. of it, as yeah. sure now, yeah. Yeah. Um, that as they do awesome seem to rip off a lot of the old WCW pay per view name. Why, um, why, why must they farm them out to NXT, especially this I, new NXT? I'll take it, but you know, it'd be alright. Uh, I don't know. It was one a no. while ago that wasn't bad. Was it the year before last? NXT? I, anyway. So they like zombies and all sorts in it. Like yeah, that was, that was the one that had. Um, oh, God, that one. It was, that, uh, was, that was the Thunderdome match, wasn't it? Was it Gargano versus Kushida? That was cool. Sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, that would have been like the tail end of NXT, wouldn't it? Yeah, tail end of decent NXT. On to important things. You can call the WCW hotline for one dollar for the first minute and ninety-nine cents for each additional minute. Keep a keep a number, folks, of how many times the WCW hotline is mentioned throughout the show. All right, we have the nine hundred number up and running the entire night. You're backstage yes. fast, Gene. By the way, first guest on the nine hundred number right now is Sting. You know, we had some questions about Sting. Why was it he at Halloween Havoc? Well, I'm sure that Chris Cruz and Mike today are going to ask Sting that very question right now backstage at 1-900-909-9900. A buck 49 for the first minute at 99 cents for every minute thereafter. I want to remind you fans out there, you can call the hotline right now, the likes of a, a stunning Steve Austin. He's going to be explaining to Mike today and Chris Cruz what happened to this match against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's your exclusive backstage pass, so give us a call on the hotline right now on this historic evening at 1-900-909-9900. It's a buck 49 for the first minute and 99 cents for every minute thereafter. And you can talk live to Jimmy Hart on the WCW hotline at 1-900-909-9900. Kids, get your parents' permission. I swear to God, me Jean's going to kick back from that. He must be. He has to be. I don't know why. Well, that's, what, that's the joke. Do you remember when they did... Um... You know, was it Ted's Wrestling Wow Room or whatever it was called? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Scheme Genie was called, and that's that made fun of his uh, made fun of his hotline. Yeah. Oh yes. It makes you wonder other kind of hotlines he's running. 
<laughs> I would. Oh my god! Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Moving swiftly on, right? Opening match of the evening, we have the Honky Tonk Man. Can I can I just rewind for the dark match? Uh, Of course. (laughs) On main event, our ceremonial dark match. Go on. It was Booker T. God, he's come a long way since the dark. And he beat uh, Brian Armstrong, who, of course, is better known as the Road Dog. As Road Dog, oh wow! Another guy who's come a long way. See, this this dark match at this show made their careers, made the pair of their careers. (laughs) So we've got one guy who's a WWE, who's now these days spending his time being a WWE, um, sucking up to WWE all the time. And we've got another guy who's been fired from the WWE, tries to suck up to AEW, but then started calling them a glorified indie show, but then said he (laughs) wanted a job. <laughs> Who was that? Sorry, I've not read that. Road Dog. Oh, yeah. Dear. He got fired from. He got fired from um, WWE in the pandemic. He got fur- furloughed and sacked. Then he started harping on about how he would really like to work in AEW, and AEW is great, and would really like to work. Nothing to do with the fact that Billy Gunn works there. Right. And then he said, turn around a couple weeks later and said, "Oh, it's like a glorified indie show." Oh, it's like uh, that's okay. no, probably. So that's going to be a no. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Who would have watched? Who would have watched that dark match and think two of them, them two wrestlers, would be in the Hall of Fame one day? There exactly. You exactly. Okay. Now, you can, now you can go on with the opening contest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your opening contest of the evening is for the WCW Television Championship. It is the champion Johnny B. Bad versus the challenger, the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, it is a 10 minute time limit which they make a big big noise about before we really why, why, why would right? they possibly make a big noise about that Cam? I have no idea what but it did lead to some certain things um, before we get into the actual happenings in this match I've done a little bit of extra added on notification and research today oh, oh my goodness you did mention um, this because I'm about Johnny B. Bad or the Honky Tonk Man? Mine's about the Honky Tonk Man and oh. his rela- and his relationship with Eric Bischoff. Oh, maybe not then. I- I've got a little bit of Honky Tonk Man. Right, okay. It might cross. It okay. might cross over. You might have already researched it All yourself. Right, okay. Well, you this go, is go with um, the Honky Tonk Man. They, they, obviously, I rem- I a didn't remember Honky Tonk Man sticking around in WCW for that long in 1994, and I also remembered something about how Eric Bischoff said he was it was he that. Um, Honky Tonk Man's <laughs> firing was the one that gave him the most pleasure in WCW. Wow. Just before you tell it, I'm just going to put in there, this is actually four years since he left WWE, near enough. So, you know, yeah. he hasn't been on the big stage for about four years now. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you want Eric Bischoff's quotation on firing oh. Honky Tonk Man? Can you read it in that voice? Uh, no, I'm going to read him in normal voice. Oh. <laughs> well, I did give Phil oh. three options last week, last time out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Eric Bischoff on Fire and Honky Tonk Man. Uh, he was speaking to the Lucha Libre online website. It comes back to the only guy I've ever really enjoyed firing. I mean, put a smile on my face. In this moment, when you ask me that question, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm beginning to smile from ear to ear because I had to fire the Honky Tonk Man. I would fire the honky-tonk man every single day of every single year for the rest of my life, and it would still bring me as much joy as it did back then. Jesus. So in the interests of um, journalistic integrity, obviously I thought... As a broadcast journalist. As a broadcast journalist, I thought, surely honkies had a bit to say about this. And lo, he has. (laughs) Can you do a honkies accent, please? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> speaking to well, I found it on a YouTube channel called the Hannibal TV. I don't know if that's who you're speaking yeah, to. Yeah, I, 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 I get that quite a lot. It's quite. It good seems to be a yeah. YouTube short, um, and this is Honky Tonk Man's re- response. Uh, Eric Bischoff told me on our first meeting that he didn't like my gimmick and that he was never a fan of mine. <laughs> to keep Jimmy Hart quiet, I'll have to bring you in because he's driving me nuts. I said I hope I can change your mind, but I know my days were numbered. He promised me a contract, but very soon wanted me to do jobs for Johnny B. Bad. Nothing against Mark Merrow, but those guys had $300,000, $400,000 contracts, and I'm working out there for $1,000 a day. I don't I know why this man didn't like me. I never said anything bad about him. I never said anything negative about him until he said I was the one guy he liked firing the most. He fired a lot of guys there. I must have done something to him somewhere that made him despise me. If he hated me that much, imagine how the people would have hated me and how much I could have done for his company. Um, here's my rebuttal. Dear Honk Tonk Man, you're a talentless hack. Fuck off. Thank you. <laughs> I've got to say, that sounded a very sort of good response by the Honky Tonk Man. He didn't really um, think it, you know, he didn't really... Uh, it was very di- yeah diplomatic however yeah. I think he touches on that a bit more than Eric Bischoff does I don't think Eric Bischoff actually really fired him um, because no. what I've heard is you try to say Eric Bischoff lies well it sounds <laughs> it and Honky Tonk Man's story backs it up he was only doing one shot appearances for a thousand dollars he wasn't on the contract or anything they just rang him up and said Do you want to wrestle and he would get a thousand dollars so he technically wasn't under contract. So I don't see how Eric Bischoff would fire him. All he could say is, we don't want you back. But he couldn't. I don't think he could actually fire him. Hmm. I think he, it was probably, well, it depends on how you, is it Eric Bischoff phoning him up saying, we don't need you anymore? Is that what yeah, Eric Bischoff equates to firing? Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. guess so. Because what does he say there? Just read that little quote out again, Cam, about... Um, Who, sorry? Uh, the honky tonk man's quote about him turning up. What's he say? Something about he couldn't get a contract or something like that. What's it say? Uh, I said, I hope I can change your mind, but I know my days were numbered. He promised me a contract. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. Very soon wanted me to do jobs for Johnny yeah. B. Bad. Nothing against Mark Mirror, but those guys had three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar contracts, and I'm working out there for one thousand dollars a day. Yeah, it that, is, that, it that is that strange it, yeah. though. Like the honky tonk man in nineteen ninety four is still the honky tonk man. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yeah. he's still. Like it looks like he's just kind of walked off the WWF in the you know the 1990, got himself a singlet and just kind of walked back on stage four years <laughs> later. Much, and just, that kind of describes how I felt about it as well. It's like, why is how is Honky still a thing? It's nuts. Well, apparently, he did have one of the stipulation that he wanted to put in his contract. What was that? Pray tell. Um, and it makes sense to a degree. He wanted to become the television champion. Fucking hell, that's as high you're going to aspire to, then you've got well, a problem. Well, I think he wanted to try and pull the Intercontinental trick off again, and you'll have it for like a year or something. <laughs> uh, okay, I yeah, see what you're saying. saying. Okay. Yeah, because he felt, and a lot of other people said the same, it's like, that was his gimmick. His gimmick may be an Elvis impersonator, but really, it was keeping that Intercontinental title, and once he lost it, he literally shot down the card so quickly once Warrior beat him at Summer's Yeah, lap. totally. So quickly down the card, yeah. Can you imagine in an alternative universe he kept the television title for four years and it was WCW? <laughs> it was Warrior's first match in WCW. Was he thrown in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think I would really like, think that's a good idea. 
Yes, I do. It could have been hilarious, though. <laughs> this, this match, I mean, you talk about uh, Halloween, yeah. like, be bad, uh, comes out with vampire teeth. So you've got a Dracula cape and fangs. Yeah, I'll get yeah. I literally yeah. wrote down, bad with better power for his entrance and is wearing fangs. This match gets five stars already. <laughs> but like, he's got like two bad blasters, which I think Heenan meets yep. with a who cares. The crowd are absolutely eating up Johnny B. Bad. They absolutely adore him, including the women, <laughs> including the women on the hard camera with the biggest hair I've ever seen. I was going to mention her, like the big sign sat yeah. next to flipping Muhammad Ali. Like, well, how did you get that scene? Like, what's going on? Did, did, did anyone Ali... notice where Honky Tonk Man hails from? I did not listen that to that. No, where did he hail from? He hails from Honky Land. Doesn't that sound like <laughs> the greatest theme park ever? That's the most racist theme park in the world, but never mind. Sounds really bad. Welcome to Honky Land. (laughs) Like Tony Honky Town. I imagine you go there. It's like the um oh you know what the the creakly bottom theme park looks like now. Oh Oh, god. (laughs) Like that. Just pictures of like the honky dog man coming in like rain and like old plants and stuff. (laughs) Oh my god, can you imagine? My highlight of this match do you know my highlight of the match? Go on. The end. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, if it's the same as mine, then carry on. We'll see. It's when um, Honky goes to one of his moves and Tony Schiavone's like... He's going for the kiss the dumb miss! Oh, he missed it! Yes, that was mine as well. I've got down here. Uh, Tony Schiavone says, uh, it's, um, it's, the it's going to be bad. He's going to go for the kiss that don't miss. He missed it! Yeah. Yeah, it's that's that I've got that written down as well and underlined. That's, that's that, is, really that is just uh, after that, there's 15 seconds of the match left. Yeah, they, that's they don't it's... really go to the end of the thing, do they? It, like, it feels like because obviously, Johnny Bass the champion coming in, it feels like a heel ending if Honky yes. is the champion. Does that make sense? It yes, does. it feels like it's like you know, he get you know, the heel gets away with it by the skin of his teeth. Yeah. Because the crowd the are really, they're loving the match, they're really into it. But then at that ending, the whole crowd just deflates. You can audibly hear them just kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's it's the wrong way around. If Honky was the champion, then yeah, it would have been an ideal end to the match. But it's he's not, so therefore. Yeah. I did love Johnny's urgency with 30 seconds to go that he felt that to really win this match, he would taunt. It's like, what are you doing? Well, with two, <laughs> yeah. minute, with two minutes to go, um, no, we're sorry, with three minutes to go, Honky's applying a chin lock. Yeah. Well, that's because he's blown up. That's why. It's <laughs> like really working it. That's okay. Good. Also, apparently the the production truck didn't think much of this match because we actually cut away from the action altogether for another WCW hotline plug. Oh, that <laughs> was Sting's backstage. Yeah, it's just almost okay, yeah, cutting to Sting. Like yeah. you know, it's like three minutes into guys, the match. Guys, there's a match on. What are we doing? That's a ten minute match. Can you not wait? Exactly. I don't know if, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm pretty sure Sting's got some kind of Oakley sunglasses sponsorship at this point. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's wearing those glasses and they stay on his face the entire night. Uh, yeah, they do. Like, they don't come off at all. Like at one point, I think he does like oh. a move off the top top rope, and like they're still on there because they're tied to his face. Like, well, they're like very, they're very, very grippy. Oakley sunglasses. If they are Oakley, yeah. I don't think they, they are because there's, there's a close up of him in the crowd later on. There's like close up on the on the Oakley logo. Is it? Like, all right, okay. Like you know, I'd like um, your boy Macho had Slim Jims. Yes. Clearly, like Sting's like, oh, we're gonna get on with the game with Oakley. That'd be good. So Sting went into classy error, is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Obviously, then, like, then, then, then it became the Raven with no Oakley, so they must have dumped we're, we're getting dangerously close to optics here. Me and I will have my Twitch on. Anyway. <laughs> 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 I can't tell you prescription, I assume they're regular sunglasses. Um, they could well... Oh, no, we're doing this, aren't we? <laughs> 
Anyway, Look, I don't. I don't want to have to do the rest of the podcast with Alan Cam as semi fucking raging hard ones. All right, can we just no, move on? Saying, excuse me, I did not say we got excited by the whole prospect. I'm just saying a sort of nervous twitch. I was trying to imply. I didn't see the twitch was your dusty, yeah. dusty boy. What would you do if you're there, like in in the in the Specsavers or the opticians oh, of your choice? Jesus! Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. whoa. I'll, just, I'll just use a generic term. You know, oh, I don't want to yeah, specify yeah, any yeah, Can I can I speak to you for a minute, Phil? Phil, guys, we'll come back in a minute, Cameron. I'll, what the fuck are you doing? Why right. why are you encouraging this? They're there because it's funny. Because they're there. Okay. You're there, like you know, just just working away. And Sting walks in for an eye test. What what happens? As in, he just walks in off the street. Yeah. He's like, well, you- we'd we'd have to we'd have to at the minute we'd have to sort of say sorry, mate. We're at the end of August for free appointments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mister Boardman, you left to wait. <laughs> you left to wait. We're sorry, you you're in Carlisle, but it's uh, you know, uh, even you- to sting, even this Steve, he doesn't mind. For- even if the bloody Queen walks in right now, Phil, we're not we're not just going to cancel someone just so they can boot yeah, that's how it works. This is like, thing; it's somebody important. You know what I mean? Like, wait, wait a minute, Mister Boardman. You've got what in your eye? Oh, that's why it's called a stinger splash. <laughs> hey. oh. So even if he's like in full wrestling gear, painted up, face masked a lot, and he walked in, guys, a main event in Carlisle tonight. <laughs> Fucking hell! Well, he could. We've got our federation. <laughs> he's in he's in but. <laughs> I've got something with my eyes. I need my test right now. Otherwise, the main event's ruined. You'd be like, sorry. Regulations. Think, uh, oh, can't, we can't magic a side test out our arse, you know? <laughs> no, no, not exactly. We can't. Okay. Um, if, it was a, if it's an extreme medical emergency, then it would be A&E. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, you know? at least I just want to see where we stood. That's fine. We'll move on. He had a foreign object in his eye. <laughs> A&E. Like Darby had a skateboard. An entire skateboard hanging out of his eyes. Yeah, good idea. I like to think he would go A and E right away rather than. <laughs> I'll just check the nose, guys. Well, you know these wrestles are cheap, so they'll try to do it the least expensive way possible. True, and he probably would be being American. He probably thinks he would have to pay for A and E. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we start getting some I, promo about the main event next, don't we? The kind of history. I hate. Of the, I uh, hate hated this why are you recapping right i've bought the pay-per-view you've got my money why the fuck did are you, you telling me how you, much did you? you be quiet over there theoretically <laughs> at the time you've bought it yeah theoretically in 1994 i've already bought this show i know what the card is why are we wasting 10 minutes explaining what the fuck we're here to do because we already fucking know what we're here for we've already bought the fucking show how dumb do you think we fucking are i assume hogan gets some money out of it so probably but Probably actually, yeah. Now I think about we it, we do have on the last pay per view. Um, there was a masked man who smashed Hogan in the knee. Hogan yep. walked back from the hospital. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I was thinking about that, and you know what it was like. Have you ever seen that Simpsons episode? You see, he went in with a bad knee, and when the guy hit him, he popped his bad knee back into place again. <laughs> so he was fine <laughs> enough to walk home. Cool, maybe that's that what Owen meant when he maybe maybe that's what Owen meant when he put his knee over his knee. Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe I. You know, kick your knee out of your knee. Um, you <laughs> your, your important question tonight is whose side is Mr. T on as he is yeah. the referee for I mean, the Flair versus Hogan cage match later on tonight? Before we get no. to that, there is a fantastic sign in the crowd that reads humanity, understanding, loving, kindness. And those, the first letter of each of those words spells out Hulk. I just wrote ha 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 down and <laughs> beside that. Oh, Jesus. Play to that side. I've got to tell you, as, uh, as you probably already know, I'm a massive Mr. T fan. I love it when Mr. No. T turns on in wrestling. 
Uh, I, I just think you kept this one quiet over the years. Al. <laughs> he's got such a good persona about him. I love his character. It really cool. He loves his mother. He does. Yes. Does oh God! Don't like we need a clip of that song there, Phil. We're just giving you extra hey, work. Yeah, another move. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yep. Mother, there is no other. <laughs> other. Like uh, mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> Treat your mother right. Treat like the right. segue anyway. into the song is one of the most amazing things you'll ever see in your life. Like the oh, segue yeah, tremendous. It spectacular. Like the microphone appears in his hand out of nowhere. Bang! You're like, <laughs> what? He's seeing? What happened? There? I didn't even realize. Brilliant. But here's, yeah, he, here's my question: when, when when they showed the amateur video that showed Mr. T dining with Flair, how incognito was this amateur video? Because remember, this is 1994. Do you mean? Flair didn't notice some guy sat in the car with a giant camera. I thought Beak said about Mr. T going undercover to a, to a, a meal, like with all his, you know, hair and his chains. His chains and everything. <laughs> and like talking in like a loud Mr. T voice. Like he's, he's put down an under, I don't know, um, Mr. Mr. Tio, um, you know, Senor T. <laughs> Mr. As like Tio. Senor T. Well, for, for no. a man who's wanted, uh, for a man who's wanted by the military police, he does a lot of publicity work. <laughs> he does. That's, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. But then again, it was a crime he didn't commit. Uh, that is true. <laughs> and now, but anyway, <laughs> moving on from uh, T and Hogan. Speaking of WrestleMania one, here's Paul Orndorff. Oh, nice segue. Here's Paul Orndorff uh, and Paul Roma versus Buff Bagwell and the Patriot. Stars and strikes, if you please. No, sorry, it's I just not Buff Bagwell. I believe the tag team name was um, pretty awful. I mean, pretty wonderful. Oh, sorry. It was pretty wonderful. Jesus. Pretty, <laughs> pretty awful know? versus <laughs> Stars and Stripes. Do you want to know what the favorite part, my favourite part of this match was? The ending? No. <laughs> We're going to commit to that joke for the episode, though, guys. We're going to have to heads up now. No, it was Paul Roma coming out, and he's wearing a, a young Stallions jacket. Like it is. <laughs> like I checked. I googled a picture of the young Stallion and it's exactly the same jacket. He's just like, I can't bother to get a new gimmick. I'm just going to wear that old jacket from the young Stallion days. Yeah, let, let's nick it off Jim Powers. I was going to say, does anyone know why the Patriot is like thermonuclear over? Because he's coming well, in he, America. He's American. He was he's when a, he first came at the WWE. Like, he just turned up and the crowd seemed to really take them. Why? Because his face is the American flag, so they, they just cheer it on instinct. But, Fair enough. Look at Duggan, he made a career of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lex Luger could have learned a few things. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Maybe if he'd have just asked asked Des Wilkes. (laughs) What is his size? I'll tell you what, Lex Luger could have learned some things for the Patriot. Yep, he could have. You know, Lex Luger slams Yokozuna then goes around the entire country on a bus. You know, Des Wilkes just turns up and folk are cheering. Come on. All that all the Lex needed to do was have a mask. I thought he this needed. show is like off the rails already, I and I love it. I did enjoy the opening stretch where it basically breaks out into a four-way brawl. The referee is laying in the five count, and he gets to four and just sort of gives up and goes, you know what, you guys are not listening <laughs> to his fuck it, carry because, on. Because at some point, isn't it like the patron just gets tired of Paul Rubber's nonsense, just, just walks in and starts leathering him for no good yes. reason. Just tired of his nonsense. I mean, there was at one point Paul Roman nearly fell off the top rope to deliver like a fist to the Patriot. <laughs> but like, there's a bit where like, it's one bit, is it Paul Roman? Like he jumps up to the top turnbuckle and then just like turns around and does like a move off the top. And it's like, wait a second, Paul Roman might actually be good. Paul Roman is really good. 
Mm. I don't know. I think that's debatable. I liked him yeah, with Hercules. I did Physical like ability-wise, he's really good. It's like he does that so casually. He just jumps up top turnbuckle, facing the wrong way, turns around on the top without using his hands or anything, and then just jumps off. Yeah. And it's like, ah, if only you weren't Paul Roma. <laughs> oh, what a damning indictment. <laughs> he's got everything going for him, except he's Paul Roma. He's Paul Roma. I mean, as a handicap, let's be fair. I do have a note here that uh, I, 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 I watched this a few weeks ago and I've got no actual picture memory of this, but I have written, did Orndorff just do the people's elbow? <laughs> oh, I don't yes. remember that. I do remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay, I just I thought it was that. But know. if he did it with his gammy on, would that make it really weak? Oh, Phil, really? I mean, like, the, so it's like the sort of UK economy elbow then. Yeah, like the withered arm. <laughs> Just kind of like... Oh my God, the withered arm. <laughs> the withered elbow. That's Ric Flair's job. And it's on off with the withered elbow. To no <laughs> effect whatsoever. Uh, but hits his bridge suplex, but the ref's distracted because yep. the Patriots being a dick. So well, the ref just kind of walks past it. Yeah. This is the most blasé, terrible ref I've ever seen. He just kind of elbow off the top. Bagel gets pinned. New champs. There you go. Top yeah, down. pretty wonderful. Our tag team champions. There you go. Great. But really, the first two matches aren't that bad. The crowd oh, are well, into them. The ring <laughs> isn't bad. You know, it's not. We've uh, seen worse. Enough. Nobody I... wants to see a time limit draw, though. They do so many of the paper views. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that, that ruins the end of that match, but like the actual match itself was, was decent. And then this match, you know, for a tag team match, you know, it's not brilliant, but you get a lot of heat off the crowd from the Patriots and stuff and a bit of a dodgy ending. But, you know, the, the, we've seen worse in the opening two matches. Haven't we? we have seen worse. Yeah, but... yeah, we've seen worse openers. Because I've written down, does... worried it's going to go downhill soon. Well, it, it does, because I literally wrote the next... Here's my notes for the following match. Special contest, Dave Sullivan versus Kevin Sullivan. No. That's all I wrote. <laughs> uh, you, you've skipped ahead. We have Mean Gene with Flair and Sensational Sherry. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry, I sorry. Sensuous Sherry. Sensuous Sherry, yes. Oh, she can't be called Sensational. No, she can't be called Sensational. When the choice quotes here are Rick Flair, my butt is on the line, <laughs> and Sherry, I'm the queen. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's a proper, like, you know, daft Flair promo, isn't it? Oh, it's probably so it's over like, the top shouting flare promo usually, yeah. Yeah. It's like two deluded old people. <laughs> Pretty much. Isn't that most of Flick Res? Uh, Flick Res? Jesus Christ. Flick Flair. <laughs> Rick Flair's career? That's, that, that's, the, that's his name in Fire Pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, this aforementioned special match with the Sullivans, like, it gets a promo, doesn't it? It gets like an actual like lead into it. Yeah. It does, but unfortunately it is ruined by David Sullivan's entrance <laughs> music. Which is, I, I would like to put forward, by the way, that David Sullivan's entrance music on Halloween Havoc 94 must take the award. We've been doing this podcast since 2014, and I would like to nominate this as the worst theme song we have heard <laughs> in the entire process of doing this. Enjoyed it. Of course I would you second that, that nomination. <laughs> ah, well, this is my theme tune. 
it's quite it's quite difficult because like a lot of the WWE music because they don't have a, like a Jim Johnson there. A lot of it is bad, but it's generic. Yeah, it's loud, it's really loud. Loud. a lot of music, I think. For WCW. It's at least it's not like you know, it's it's kind of middle of the road, but not offensively bad. Yeah. I would wager that this is offensively bad. Generic royalty-free music for somebody like it's yeah. a bit of the characters. It's music to play when they walk to the ring. It's like Goldberg's themed sh- sh- song they found on a copyright-free CD. Yeah, but I'm the Hardy Boys, the same thing, isn't it? That was a copyright. Yeah, Hardy, that's the reason why AEW can can use the yeah. yeah. But this song, but Dave Sullivan's song, and I'm kind of like pointing at the mic like I'm on Parkinson right now. Dave Sullivan's song is offensively bad. Like it it's is. just actually, it's actually just think not good. I mean, the whole the whole gimmick that he's the number one Hulkamaniac, fine, that's okay, but did it really need that song to just take it over the top? Apparently. Apparently, apparently did. So, apparently so. They were wrong. Well, what was Hogan even doing in this feud? He was um, encouraging Dave to hit his brother again. Yeah, but I mean, why was he even involved? <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the main event. What's he involved in this nonsense well, for? As, as you know, Hulk Hogan likes to have his hands on everything because that way he gets more money. So, yeah. you know... He gets wow. Hulkamania t-shirts with Dave's face on them and stuff. He does. Could he you does. imagine? Could, could you imagine waking up next to somebody and that's what they're wearing? You'd be terrified. I'd be this terrified. is this is like Eugene, like eight years. Oh, whatever yeah, it is. Just, yeah. it's, it's Eugene ten years early. That's an amazing comparison, and I can't believe I never thought of that. Yeah, it is essentially Eugene ten years. Um, yeah. uh, my, my research is taking me to odd roads today, by the way. Oh, good oh, lord. No. Uh, where's Dave Sullivan now? Uh, he's not a murderer. No, 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 no. Uh, he's got I, a job I, now. Oh, he's got a job. Okay. Well, he's always had a job post wrestling, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's got a job now. He is yes, the athletic not. director of Dana what? College in Blair, Nebraska. Huh. Wow. Okay. Do you want to know his real name? It's going to be Dave Sullivan. It's not Dave Sullivan. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> is it Evad? No. Did they refer no. to it in this show? No. 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 Can, I, can I take a guess? Go on. Is his first name William? Yes. No way. Okay. What's his actual name? Go on. Is it Dave, William Perry? No, no, no. Dave Sullivan is better known as William Adolf Dannenbauer. Wow. Huh. Okay. Wouldn't have thought Adolf was in there, but fair play. No, I don't. I was surprised. So is, he actually, is he Kevin Sullivan's actual brother then? No, I don't no. think so. No. But surely, um, if Bischoff knew his middle name was Adolf, that could have been a whole different gimmick. A whole different gimmick. <laughs> oh, I think no. you'd be skirting along. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's. I've just on his Wikipedia page now. Dave Sullivan uh, in WCW, where he played a dyslexic brother of Kevin Sullivan. So that's the gimmick. That's yeah, why he yeah, spelled yeah, his yeah. name as Evad. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know who what right this WCW had, but they come up with some gold, didn't they? The gold. You'd like to think, oh, they'll improve as the years go on, but then they brought us bloody Oklahoma, didn't they? Well, that, there's a promotion in Texas right now that has a wrestler who is a librarian and they're feuding with Mr. Dyslexia. <laughs> but of course. Was like oh, was that much a while ago when uh, so, so was it um uh Jeffrey the from Toys R Us was in the ring and someone smashed him in the face with an Amazon parcel and beat him that way. Oh dear god. <laughs> what? There was someone dressed as like Jeffrey the giraffe from Toys R Us habits. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. And like the 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 opponent wrestler like snuck a foreign object into the ring, which was a, uh, an Amazon delivery box, and oh, smashed it over Jeffrey's head and killed him. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Because like, oh. obviously it was around the time I think the Toys R Us collapsed, so it was like Amazon killed. Who's going to stock up it? the shelves? <laughs> Do you remember the advert? Oh, you should put the advert in, right? Yep. Yeah, oh, put the, the advert in now, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, put it in there. Uh, uh, the highlight of this match was really just because uh, Bobby Heenan uh, mentions WrestleMania 3. Oh, yeah, they talk actually... about down the road, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I can actually reveal the identity of the dastardly individual that took out Jeffrey the Giraffe. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it was Gangrel. Was oh it? my god, what? no! <laughs> didn't what have you done, Gangrel? Gangrel killed Jeffrey the giraffe <laughs> with a briefcase with an Amazon parcel. Oh no. <laughs> Back in 2018, during an FC, sorry, an FSCW rumble at Supercon in Florida. Oh, processing this information. Is that why Toys R Us went out of business? Uh, yeah. Probably. Are we to blame Gangrel for this? <laughs> yeah, taking down Jeffrey with Amazon parcel. But I, I like to highlight that that conversation is way more interesting than this match. Yeah, well, that's pretty much. Because Discovering got, that is way more interesting than this match. We've got, Which, we've got, I mean, got it's a counter finish just to kind of highlight that. Yeah, it's all we get counted out after a yeah. match Deep. that goes on far too bloody long. So I wrote down, the, I wrote down about the match. If this match lasts longer than two minutes, I riot. I just wrote no, and that was it. I didn't have <laughs> anything to say minutes, about this like match. <laughs> We get a promo for the upcoming match, which is Dustin Rhodes versus Arn Anson. My highlight of this promo, I, I forgot the entire bit because as soon as I saw um, Haku slash Meng in a suit, I was like, wow, look at him. Yes. How yes, cool does he like, look like? The unlikely team of Arn Anderson, Colonel Parker, and Meng. Yeah. But in a suit, he is amazing. I wrote, I wrote down, he looks like the end boss of the Jackie Chan film. <laughs> He does. Yeah, you're right, Ashley. Right. You're right. Like, why was he always in the suit? He looks amazing. <laughs> I don't know. Because WWE like to pretend there's no suits in Tonga, you see, so he couldn't no, possibly... Yeah, he's, he he's wouldn't a, know what a suit right. was. You he's a rampaging <laughs> savage. Is that, why, it, wouldn't is that why they had a Hawaiian as a sumo wrestler? <laughs> Do you think... Poor Haku had to wear his wrestling tights when he went on aeroplanes because he wasn't allowed. They're like, no, remember, you're a savage. You don't know what suit and clothes and shoes are. So you, you just have to sit in your smelly old wrestling <laughs> trunks on the plane, yeah? Yeah, a tie-dye poncho and you kind of head thing. Of Kamala sitting in business class and he's full guard for this mascot. With kimchi next to him, guiding him. No. He's trained up. Jeez, put your belt on you know no not that way turn it over you know we were talking oh, about off here we were talking about wrestling dads so then kim chi was the original wrestling dad <laughs> he was a big wrestling dad wasn't he <laughs> oh my god yeah he could have been god there's an article for the website <laughs> wrestling imagine, dads imagine, if that, imagine if that you'd have found out in somewhere in kamala's wbf career they found out that kim chi was his dad all along i did a pool bearer Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, that would have been... You could have had such a heartfelt, touching moment. And then he turns on him, obviously, because that's what happens. Yeah, that's what would have happened, yeah, because there's no love in wrestling. No, just just hate and terrible angles and uh, exploitation of illness. Early highlight of this match with uh, Dustin Rhodes and Ireland, so it's on commentary with Bobby Heenan says about Arn Anderson being like, really dangerous. He'll, he'll pull your eyebrows up over your lips. <laughs> that sounds painful. Which wow. I assume he's got the wrong way around, but then like Tony Giovanni calls him out on it, so brain double downs on it. He's like, yeah, think about it. I'm gonna tell him you said that. 
Oh, you are. Yeah, he'll pull your eyebrows right up over your lips. Believe me. My eyebrows up over my lips? Think about it. That, that sounds horrible. Reversal. You're not going to like it. Well, you're a stooge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, it would really hurt, but like, brain is completely noticed. Yeah, think about it. Think about it, Tony. There, there you go. And then uh, I think just after that was when, oh, what's his name? Dustin Rose takes a, gets like thrown over the top rope and he realizes last second that there's a big set of stairs there and just kind of like manages like oh, carry like an extra foot. Sort of like, yeah, he sort of like wiggles himself out of the way so he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, so this lands on concrete instead. It's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Which we'll come yeah. back to this because like, was he, because I think he goes to do a move on Arn and Arn kind of either moves or kind of uses his momentum. Does he, get, does he actually throw Dustin over the top rope? Does anybody remember? I don't think he does. Well, it would be a disqualification. Exactly. Yeah, I, think they, I think they determine that it's kind of Dustin's own momentum that takes him over. Yeah, because it takes uh, him I over well into the walkway. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of like when like they run towards you and you're on the ropes and you lower the rope and then they oh. go flying over it. Why is yeah. one that subject? So yeah, I'll quickly bring this up. Do you remember the last few Doshi Do pay-per-views we've done has that ramp where that goes to the ring? Yeah, yes. the raised ramp. Um, apparently that was um, some of Hogan's doing that he done away with the ramp and that's why it's just a normal aisle <laughs> <laughs> I what? think it didn't suit his, his entrance or whatever so yeah it might, it might right. be an urban it might be an urban myth but that's what I read do you ever thought oh, with well. his back and knees he'd want to like as easy to get in, in and out of the ring as possible yeah he's, he's only got the one routine it's like he's got a program yeah. if he can't do that program he'll like he wouldn't know how to get in the ring if there's a ramp there he I just, he do just couldn't. remember like, I used to have, like, it must have been an old episode of, like, Superstars something on TV, recorded off high TV or something, but it was, like, Hogan versus Bossman. Or it must be like, on a house show or something. And they did have, like, that kind of raised ramp to the ring. I remember the only time I remember seeing it in a WWE well, show. Oh, yeah, there was some, there was a couple of arenas that would do the ramp, but it's very rare you would see the, the ramp yeah. thing, yeah. And it was Hogan versus Bossman, I remember. It was, like, the, one of the only times you, you would see, like, because I think it was around the time of their big feud and all sorts. So it was like, you wouldn't really see that normally on, on Superstars. But I just, just remember like, that image of that thing. I wonder if like, he's just like, nah, don't like it anymore. Get rid of it. <laughs> just like, just before we kind of put it in context, at this point, Hogan basically ran the company, didn't he? Essentially. Or everything had to kind of run. I don't think him. he quite had the level of power the NWO would have given him. Yeah. Because that was like WCW's main cash cow. When it started, yeah. I mean, what we're a couple of years away from that just yet, just under two years, aren't we? But this yeah. is very much when WCW would basically try to recreate Hogan's late 80s run. Yeah. And sort of very early 90s run in WCW and try to replicate but like his, that. Like his, his creative was basically like, it was like his creative, wasn't it? Like everything you like, he had sign off on what he was going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, um, I'm not sure if he had sort of full on creative control yet, but I think it was very much a case of they didn't want to piss him off. Because mm. he was like the jewel in the crown. Yeah. And I would imagine there would have been a thought process that if Hogan didn't want to do anything to WCW, he would just fuck right back off to Vince. <laughs> yeah. Which probably you can see, like, you know, he's got his pals up and down the cards. Like, you're on there, aren't they? So you can kind of, you can just feel like his influence all over well, the I don't, I don't think under any other circumstances, um, Nobs and Sags are getting a job. <laughs> Probably not. You're probably right there. <laughs> to be honest. It's like in TNA when he was there in 2010 and all of a sudden the Nasty Boys turned up. Yeah. It was Which like, is why I think what? this match kind of stands out a bit because it does feel like a very much like a WCW match. 
it feels like it could have taken place two years earlier. Yeah, yeah, or even yeah. like you know, five years earlier with a different Dustin. Well, probably did, didn't it? Different roads, and our probably, yeah. would have been doing like ten years earlier, wouldn't they? With the with the horsemen and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like a big meaty match. There's lots of slapping, lots of. And it's really good. Say mm. Dustin's, uh, you know, you know, and he's to this day, you know, a guy with a lot of ability. He's yep. a year away from gold dust at this point. Really, he is. That's he's not that yeah. far away. Wow, he's five years away from seven. They do a bit. I don't know. They do a bit of the. Um, Bravo! I forgot, I forgot about seven, but I, I don't know. I just the finish for me was just a bit. I don't. I don't know. I just a bit out of nowhere. He, well, he rolls yeah. him up, and then he just gets beat up, doesn't he? At the end, mm. it's like I think this well, was just carrying the feud, wasn't it? It's like it's like a, a hot feud going into it because he um. But apparently, the feud the feud's been going on forever. I think they should have finished it. It just keeps on going. It just keeps on fucking going. It won't stop. It just keeps on going. On the subject oh, of things that don't, on the subject of things that just don't stop, our next match. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, did did Arn Anderson think he was Jake at the end of the match? Is it is it because he doesn't work there anymore? Well, just Nikki's finishing move, yeah. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, no one else is doing it. We'll just we'll just pretend it's yeah. mine forever. Yeah. Quick point about the upcoming match: they show like the lead into it, which is um, I think. So Steve Austin was going to face uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the TV title. Was it the TV yes. title? Yeah. yeah and then yeah. Uh, because Steamboat's injured, they give Austin the match to throw the belt. And then Duggan just comes in and squashes him it's, and wins the belt. It's the US, US title, isn't it? Oh, sorry, US it's the US title. Yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he um, squashes Austin on his debut now, and wins the belt. Like, before you say anything, I'm sure it's got nothing Nothing to do with him being Hogan's friend in the slightest. Before you insinuated, I'm sure it was based on his wrestling prowess. Sure is. I I was actually going to say, is it is it everyone still like weirded out by Steve Austin having a luscious hair at this point? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, it's you can it's tell it's right. way, though, can't you? You can tell it's oh, yeah, way. it is running away from yeah, totally. That's what I've had a little look into this. So we're we're about six months or so away from his ECW run. Oh, yeah. um, no, a little bit more. He gets uh, June. I look, I look this up. Um, June 1995, he's fired from WCW and he debuts in the WWF in January 1996. He spends mm. the last six months of 1995 in ECW. There you go. Two years later, on from this, in about uh, I think a couple of weeks earlier, in, but in October, about in two years later, is the Buried Alive pay per view where we get the first uh, Stone Cold entrance with the, with the Breaking Glass. Oh, yep. He's also, when you think about it, three and a half years away from WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Jesus. Being squashed by Duggan. Now, I have a quick question for everyone everyone here. What what country does Stone Cold Steve Austin, sorry, Steve Austin come from? What country? Well, he comes yeah. from the Broken Skull Ratch. Everybody knows this. USA. No, but where's, where, where, right, okay. Where is this Hacksaw Hill from? The USA. Yeah, why, are the crowd the crowd. why are the crowd chanting USA? What the hell is wrong with Duggan. them? What do you think? Duggan, man, the British American. fans chanted, everyone chants it. Oh. It's not... Yeah, holy <laughs> shit, this <laughs> I mean, I read somewhere that like, Duggan used to be a good worker. And when? he killed the WWE, he's like, wait a minute, I don't even have to do that. I just shout, oh, the fans oh, love it, yeah. and I get paid. And to be fair to him, yeah, why he does. He, does oh, he, he works with uh, you know a fair amount with very little, does Duggan? And it, you know, it's got him a great career, Hall of Fame, first Royal Rumble winner. I think Can't in his mid-south days, like he mentioned, like a good, like a really amazing series of matches with like um, 
Ted DiBiase and stuff. But like, like you yeah. say, once he got to WWF, he just like, I can just do the gimmick and just get paid. This is brilliant. Well, yeah, it's like, I understand that for people because doing stuff like, I'm just going to use the Hardys, for example, doing that and Ed's and Christie and stuff, it, it really shortened the careers, you know, really damaged mm. them and stuff, didn't it? And then you've got this guy who has a plank of wood, goes whore, and he wrestled well into his, I don't know how old he was, but he was wrestling WWE in like 2009 and stuff, wasn't he? And, yeah, um, you know. The, th- the thing here, though, it's embarrassing when a 2 by 4 block has got more like charisma than you do. Because you're just a <laughs> giant idiot that shouts hole with a flag. Well, well, no, you know, no, no. He, he had a very successful wrestling career. You can't take that away from him. I'm not going to take that away from him. I can call him a talentless cunt if I want. You know, I can call him that. <laughs> yeah, but he, but, but he won the first Royal Rumble. That's fine. He will always have that. And also, he's, he's a, the spirit Adam of the podcast. So just, yeah, we're he is. he is. Are you guys... <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Let's not forget, in 1993, he obviously rang the Patriot up. And then he had that singlet with the US flag on the back, remember? That's right. So like, yes. You're not American enough. You need more American flags on you, yeah? <laughs> you know what? You should have just painted themselves head to toe in the, the stars and stripes and walked out that not. way. I just found the um, the post of the years ago about it. There was a, I think it collected the Mid-South matches, and one of the matches was Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase in a coal miner's glove on a pole, loser leaves town, tuxedo match inside a steel cage. I must see this. I'm like, there I'm there go. for that. I'm like, I'm there for that. Surely the title's longer than the match. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like something. Was Vince Russo booking Mid South? <laughs> crazy. But yeah, um, Judy Bagwell's a special referee. Yes. <laughs> referring to our previous conversation, Steve uh, back for is it by, by body drops hacks over the top rope or gets him trucked over the top rope. Oh, I hear this. DQ I mean, again, what what a lay- I know the match is eight minutes. What a lame-ass ending, man. Yeah. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, yeah. You get so disqualified for being thrown over the top rope. Like, Christ almighty. I mean, what a stupid I, rule. It's I was written pretty, down, it's sake. That's all I've written down. Yeah, pretty much just nothing How can say. you have a 60-man battle royal when... That's a very good point. Well, I suppose it does make sense in the end because everyone over the top rope is disqualified. Therefore, the last person in the ring is the winner. So, if you actually think about it with some flawed logic, it does make sense. But it's the person who does the throwing is, 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 uh, uh, it's, is it's disqualified, it's, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's trying to not throw anybody else out of the ring. <laughs> so, what you, so, what you're trying to say is WCW in 1994 invented the reverse battle royal. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Ah, huh. all right. But yeah, stupid match. Duggan retains, but oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, we have another successful title defense from Duggan versus Austin at Clash of the Champions in November the 16th, 1994. Oh, look at the research here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Duggan would keep the US title until losing it to Vader at Starcade 94. Ah, uh, yes, my man Vader. We're coming on to him in a minute. We'll come to we are indeed. We are indeed. Uh, we now, get, I've got to uh, say, this next match features two of my favorite wrestlers. This match <laughs> just features violence, which is why I enjoyed it. <laughs> Are we referring to we get the uh, the, the promo for the Vader versus Guardian Angel match? For the rest of this match, um, there is no such person as a Guardian Angel. <laughs> Just call okay. him Boss Man. That's what I did. That's exactly what I'm doing. Call him Boss Man. Call him Boss. I've written down yep. a, oh, it's good to see Boss Man trying a new gimmick. That's good. <laughs> um. So. Can we can we agree that Harley Race as Vader's manager is just a match made in heaven? Oh, it's perfect. Because you've got... We're going back to dad, wrestling dads again. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure dad. he does Jesus. more in this match than Vader. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, that's yeah, very much. I mean, Harley's still got his working boots. <laughs> he's, he's coming out earning earn his money tonight, isn't he? Oh yeah, I mean, how how ridiculous does the big boss man look here? It's in like this gimmick. he. At first, he's wearing a t-shirt, which doesn't really work, and then he's got like a jumper that oh. gets ripped, and you see his boobs. No, thank you. And then, like, he kind of sticks to the jumper, which is, you know, whatever. But, like, he's still he's still boss man, and he's still good. Like, there's a bit mm-hmm. where, in the promo video, you see him, like, he, um, he cuffs Harley Race to the ropes, and he tries to hit him with a chair, and the guy's trying to stop him. And there's a great quote from Boss Man, where he's like, hey, man, whatever happens, happens. We've just got to live with it. Like, he's going to kill him or something. It's, like, you see, like, when he comes out, when he comes out with, like, the jacket and the hat on and stuff, like, that kind of makes that, sense as, like, the guy that he's but it makes sense as the gimmick. It works as a, as a gimmick. But as soon as he takes the jacket off, it's like, you just for a dude in the jumper. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the chain's done back pretty quick. He became Bubba Rogers again. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, 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 did I get that right? Was he, did I get that gimmick right? Was it? Did he come in as the boss? Yeah. Oh, I thought it didn't sound right for some reason. But uh. No, no, you're right. But I also did my research, and apparently Bossman went through the Guardian training for his gimmick. And he was like, he was uh, inducted into the Order. Oh, so he lived oh, to give up on that one. He did sure. care about law and order, as as we all know. I'm sure they were thrilled during the spot where Vader just takes five hard shots at his face and he just hits the mat like a sack <laughs> yeah. of potatoes. I've written, I think I've read that somewhere. What did Bossman do? Did he piss Vader off? Because no, like, they seem like really proper well, shots. I do. I do mean this is after Bossman re- reveals Vader's identity by ripping his mask off. I thought Vader took it off. Did he take it off? Did he? I don't remember. I think I, I thought. Um, oh no! Wait, let me check. No, you're right. We did take it off. Sorry, but it is just Good. like he just seems to be like very not happy. And it's just like wow. Okay, right. It's coming out the corner. He's like just it's four right hands, then a left that just drops him. <laughs> yeah, but this like you say. This is like it's like I written down. It's just like a big beefy match. It's like but then like yeah. Last one, just like a good old good like a good old suplex on Vader. Just a wicked looking power slam off the top rope. Yeah. Oh, I saw, yeah, I also thought Bossman was a good wrestler. Oh, I thought he was good. I think he was just like saddled with not so fantastic gimmicks. Yeah, he had his I, one I, gimmick. Bossman gimmick was like for the time was like brilliant. You know, him being yeah. like him as the bad guy against Hogan, and then when he kind of dropped the weight and he became a bit more svelte and kind of he uh, face Bossman, he was still cracking. Like he do that kind of slide out the ring, then like slide back into the ring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, yeah, Bossman was cool, but like I think again he was somebody who needed somebody good to work with to kind of bring his matches up which is like you got here you got him working with Vader like that's good Harley Race getting involved as well like doesn't Harley Race take a suplex at one point well, yes he finish, does isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, like, it's fantastic timing on the finish um, he slams Vader into Harley Race at one point because I've got a note here going holy hell that looks rough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly Harley was like you know what I, I kind of want to get back into this a wee bit and I think after this match he went you know what this is probably not a good idea okay, yeah, <laughs> Harley Race takes a couple of heavy bumps during all this yeah oh yeah he's yeah, you know, like say like Race is like I think at one point but like Bossman's like I'm just going to wrestle Harley Race now just forget about Vader I'm just gonna, <laughs> Vader's the manager because there's one point yeah. like the start of the match like Bossman just basically just starts beating up um, like Harley Race and Vader's like just, just like, going what's going on I'm, just, I'm still taking my ring yeah. gear off what's what, what? He just kind of like slowly ambles over and like, can we start the match now? Because it's the finish not he suplexes race, but then Vader splashes him. Yes. Yes. Because I thought the timing on that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's just as he lands the suplex, isn't it? He kind of comes in with a splash. That that could have went terribly wrong. It could have went it could have been like doom. 
That's why he breaks his head off. Although Bossman wasn't used the best in WCW, of course. It's WWE that would come up with the most ridiculous storylines for him. <laughs> I do not believe we can ever mention the big boss man without reminding everyone that he stole Big Show's dad's coffee. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He stole a dog and cooked it. <laughs> he yeah. did, but the coffin for me. That bloody yeah. scene where he's dragging yeah. it and Big Show's on top of the coffin is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's one of those enduring images. God bless you. Like, you know what? I'm going to just commit to this and we'll just go he for it. Maybe it'll do something that happens. But I think, like, at the end of the match, Rob's clearly the fuse going to carry on. I'm not sure if it does, but. Yeah. God bless, boss man. So we go from one violent spectacle to four very angry, violent men, it would appear. <laughs> very angry men. Well, there's like, you see the backstage, um, like, attack assault on the back. Nice boys. That looks really brutal. It's like, it's a real I mean, kind of bleak looking dressing room they're in. They did this over because the nasty boys are just pricks, so. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. really fun of the nasty boys. I, uh, anytime again, I get to watch Terrifying B, like, angry wrestling granddad, I'm very happy. <laughs> Angry he, he just he just looks mental. Well, there's like there's a few bits like um there's a, there's a pit stop earlier on where um Terry Funk gets in the pit stop and he kind of backs off mm-hmm. and he just looks like really upset and just kind of he's just like you son of a bitch, yep. god damn you. And he gets bored and smashes himself with a chair for a few <laughs> minutes. It's like what's going on with this match? I mean, there is there is one point where we do get Brian Knobs shirtless, which nobody needs. Nobody needs that, though. No. It's, no. I, I did write in my notes, please still have a god cover yourself or children. <laughs> but yeah, this match was just wild. I mean, we get Meng in a suit, so I respect that. Thank you. <laughs> and then it ends with Terry Frank taking a pile driver onto a pumpkin. I mean, what can you say about it? You might have I forgot mean, it was Halloween, so they were just making sure. Making just sure. making sure you remembered. I, yeah, this was just this was just sort of a, th- a throwaway match, but as, as a sort of spectacle of just unrelenting violence, it was enjoyable. The sheer daftness just going on, yeah, just rumbling around the ring. So I, I have a question for everyone: mm-hmm. Did Muhammad Ali die in the crowd during the show? Because they cut him a couple of times. I swear to God, he didn't move. He wasn't. The most, I mean, obviously, he's uh, he's got his conditions at this point, and I think yeah. it wasn't. It's, I think was it ninety six Atlanta Olympics was probably a bit worse, a bit more awkward, but well, it's still like it's just yeah. the fact that basically we've got Muhammad Ali. It's like well, you do, but he's not exactly doing well. Another uh, WrestleMania one reference, I might add. Yes, that's true. That is that's, true. That's like four people from WrestleMania now on the card, isn't that thing? <laughs> anyway, yeah, but like when they get me the ring for the plaque and the, and the thing and stuff, it's like I don't think he should be in the ring. No, just I don't think, but. I think it's mainly just because he's the Muhammad Ali Future Foundation, isn't it? Yeah. And Bischoff gets himself some kind of big promo because he's in the ring as well. Well, he's in his hometown, is he not? They're like, you know, he gets like a massive intro from about about just being there. Like he he just bursts the entire idea of concept of wrestling into the company, into into the show for this or something. We have finally made it to the end. We have made it to the main event. A steel cage match career versus career for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship the champion Hulk Hogan with Ric Flair that's not right fuck let me try that again <laughs> okay. so we're gonna miss 
<laughs> yeah, strike two. Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart versus Ric Flair with Sherry Martel with special guest referee Mr. T. But before we get to any of that, Michael Buffer's in the house to make this match feel important and for Michael Buffer to collect the easiest quarter million dollars he's ever got. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Ric Flair, he, he, he notes as being as the, uh, in the unaccustomed role of challenger. Yeah, I've got it down here. In the unaccustomed role of the challenger. Well, you better get used to it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, then Hogan comes in, Brutus and he trips over the pyro. It's going real well. Yeah. The cage yep. comes down like as gracefully as uh, a fart in a lift. I do, I do like how the bell rings before the cage is even in possession. <laughs> It's just not the, you know, the, like that meme that went around that sort of said, go home, steel cage, you're drunk. Was this not from this show? <laughs> it might have been, actually. Because it's just the way that one side's coming down a lot quicker than the other. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as that time we like, was it uh, Seth Rollins that he got impaled on the steel cage coming down? Yeah, the spiky bit, yeah. The spiky yeah. bit came down. But it's like, it still is like yeah. this, maybe you should have thought about this and got it down like a little bit sooner or a little bit better. Or, <laughs> even off I, camera, I let's just suggest that. Like, it's fine if the live crowd see it, but let's not let, let the people at home see it, you know what I mean? They could have had a little bit Gene just poking the hotline while they're putting the cake. <laughs> Before we get into the match, uh-huh. I've got the question of the pay-per-view. Oh, here we go. Okay. How many guys on the card do you think didn't wrestle for WF? Oh, never wrestled for WF. Okay, so well, never appeared. Let's just say appeared. Are you just looking just for a number here, Al? Yeah, yeah, just a number. Okay, Try this show. No, no, no. Like we really? include you know, from, Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, say two. I'm gonna say three. Cam, five. The answer is one. Oh, who is it? Really? Yeah, and that's the next question. Who is it? Kevin Sullivan? Oh. Nope. Uh, Dave Sullivan. Dave Sullivan. Ke- Kevin, Su- Kevin Sullivan wrestled in the WWWF. Oh, oh that doesn't count. Of course it counts. It's the that same organization. Ah, I mean, doesn't count. I mean, David ah. Sullivan couldn't, couldn't, couldn't sign with the WWE because he couldn't spell his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he signed ah. with the wrong name. Like, who told you that is? We've been burned that contract. Yeah. Bunkhouse Book, right? Spock fucking hell. Now he didn't oh, technically he didn't technically wrestle in the WWE, but he actually played Jack Swagger's dad <laughs> in no, 2010. Really? really? And something where Kim was beating him up, yeah. Oh my god. Jack Swagger's dad. <laughs> this is the wrestling dad show. What is going <laughs> on? See all we'd spring all back together, back to dads, it's brilliant. Yep. So, as I mentioned, the the cage, the, the the bell rang as the cage was being lowered, and the cage was obviously, as Cameron's described, drunk. Then, <laughs> when the the cage gets into play, the bell rings again. I'm like, wait, the match is over already? Match is over. Yeah, match is done. Yep. I will say, in defense of the cage, like you can actually see the people inside the ring. Yes, with that kind yeah. of style cage, like the blue what? one was great, and the and the style not, but it was it was really hard to see from like the hard cam, wasn't it? The cage was almost just as tall as Hogan. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Uh, Mr. T got his uh, welding torch out and actually made the cage himself. some junk knocking around backstage and he, uh, he just cut <laughs> his torch out and welded it all together, yes. Because <laughs> I saw, oh, what was it, the, 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 the Punjabi prison match. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. I saw like, a picture of that was going around because the anniversary and it's like you, you couldn't even see inside it. It was ridiculous. The fact they did that match twice. Elevated <laughs> liver enzymes. <laughs> Never forget. Spanish <laughs> science identified that. <laughs> oh, no. 
I'd like to point well, out that as soon as the match starts, um, Hogan goes straight in with an eye rake. He's going, I was going here, yeah, Hogan's straight in with an eye rake. Because like, he's a big cheating bastard. Yeah, just to point that out. Also, I, I also do like the fact that Mr. T does not take his coat off the entire yeah, match. I'd rather his jacket on, yep. I'd rather lay point like, well, T's looking roasted in that jacket. <laughs> he must he, have been. Yeah, but halfway through, I've got, has Mr. T ever taken this jacket off? <laughs> no, no. It's actually fused his skin. <laughs> maybe it was given. Maybe it was given to him by his mother. <laughs> <laughs> you wear that for me, T. You never take it off. I oh. promise, mother. I will never take off this jacket. Uh, we have Shivani saying Mr. T's three counts may not be polished. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> He's not joking. And no shit. Yeah. I mean, I, at one point, I was kind of wishing my hard Ali would get in to show him how it was actually done. Yeah. Flair gets, I think, written down. Oh, Flair into cage. I assume he's bleeding now. No, really? Nope, oh, Flair's bleeding into cage. Is he bleeding? What? No. Yes. This must, been, this must have been in the good old days where Flair's head didn't just need to get like tapped with like the soft caress of a child and it would just last <laughs> open. <laughs> soft caress of a child. <laughs> Is that wife number five? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh God, that's, that's too far. Sorry. Uh, Hogan with an eye rake. Hogan choking Flair. Hogan yeah, biting Flair. He's just a big cheating bastard. It's a I'm good gonna... match, but for all the dressing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, and undressing, let's be, let's remember. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, there's like, you know, you, do you need Mr. T? Do you need Sherry there? Do you need Jimmy Hart there? It's like, let him just. You, you don't feel like this is supposed to be like a career versus career icon versus icon, but it never yeah. feels like that kind of, like there's any kind of. Stakes. Like finality to it at any point or yeah, no. stakes. It never feels well, it's like. Because that's not because Ric Flair is retiring, and as we all know, he only retired last Saturday. Exactly. Well, I have, a, I have a bit of research about that. Ooh. But I'll get it to <laughs> the end. Once we cover this match, we'll get it to the end. But there's, like, right. there's like some. I mean, there's some good spots in it. I mean, Flair never bleeds, but like he does like a really big delayed suplex on Hogan, which I don't think I've seen anybody do that to Hogan. No, because Hogan's not about that creative. This yeah, could have been the WrestleMania 8 match, let's not forget. Yeah. Yeah, minus the steel cage, probably, but yeah. But could you remember, like, was there a time when Hogan was suplexed on the WWF roster? Uh, um, been, was, surely. Warrior, Warrior probably hit. Yeah, in fact, I'm sure Warrior hit one at WrestleMania. Warrior, Savage. Did the press time, I suppose, didn't he, Warrior? So that'd be that'd incomparable, I suppose. Yeah. But it's like, this seemed like a, a big, like, just seeing, like, Hogan getting super. I was like, oh, wow, he's letting them actually suplex him. That's a novel. Yeah. And they do a lot of going up to the cage and just kind of standing on top of the ropes and falling off the ropes. And yeah, Sherry comes in, gets the dress ripped off. Yep, which yeah, which is... Sherry's down the undies. Doing them with the Miss Elizabeth spot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the ma- masked man comes out of the ring, batters Sherry. Now, this, this masked man, could they have come up with any less of an imaginative outfit? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, um, what if it was Arachnaman? Is that what you're saying? It's, it is Arachnaman levels of bad. Wait a it's second. Like... Whoa, whoa. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. Come close to the mic. Ewan, Arachnaman mm-hmm. isn't bad. It's borderline genius. We had this conversation episodes ago. Arachnaman okay. is the greatest gimmick in wrestling. No, I thought that was um, Duggan. <laughs> Duggan's not a gimmick. He lives, he lives America. That's like his I, thing. I think Arachnaman oh. did fly too close to the wind and was... <laughs> threatened legal action and he had to go away but yes I think you know that's a copyright can 
<laughs> didn't Arachnaman hail from like Web City or something? He did, yes, yeah. Web City. You know, that's the match we all needed. We needed Arachnaman versus Masked Man. There can only be one there man. Be one. Mask versus Idiot Mask. A mask. <laughs> you you can make a whole match, surely, of just people who were dodging copyright. You know, you could have like Arachnaman <laughs> versus Glacier. <laughs> that would have been cool. The ultimate mask off. Yeah. But fair play to Sherry, though. I mean, like, at some point, like, she takes a dive off the top of the cage to get Hogan. Oh, yeah. She like, does. She's, she's properly, properly does. going for it, isn't she? She's like, you know, I'm not, I don't care. I'm just going to beat some dudes up. She is a woman willing to fight whilst in her undies, it would seem. <laughs> but one thing I, I think, I mean, I, I know you're going to say the reason um, because you're like mocking my hero. But he, uh, <laughs> he looks so much slimmer than his WrestleMania here there. Still, he does. Roids Steroids. Yeah, big juice of acid. It's like noticeable. Finny, in fact, at the end, I don't even think he does his, you know, his like, muscle poses he used to do, right? You know, yeah. his uh, bear hug type pose. Yeah. I don't think he does any of that anymore. Well, it's well, not the point. Was it like Halloween Havoc 96 where he shaves off the moustache? Like, that's weird. Oh, yeah, that's just not right. That's weird. But yeah, he has dropped. You can tell, like, he's dropped, like, you know, a, a significant yeah. portion. Not saying how he did it. He just got if he wasn't taking anything chemically, but he does seem like less gas. You yeah. see, I, th- I thought the match itself was quite good. Um, match is all right. Yeah. 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 Quite, I, I agree. It didn't quite get the the epic reason, and I think because not one person was buying the Hogan losing mother. Nobody yeah, putting that stupid retirement stipulation on the line was even stupider because that's no less sense. likely. Less likely Hogan's ever going to do that in a million yeah. years. It's like but, right, you, you, sorry, Alan, you go. But the other strange thing is, like you said before, the cage. It looks like it, they could just jump over the cage. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird looking. Yeah. It's, like, it's weird, like you talk about like Hogan's last match, like it, like the cell, like the bleed up to WrestleMania eight, that felt way more like his last match. You're right, oh, yeah, yeah. against Sid, yeah, I agree. Like yeah. the sit down yeah. interview with McMahon and all that kind of stuff, it really felt like something was ending. But this is just like, it doesn't like Ric Flair's just not going to retire. I mean, I know it's a bit difficult because we're looking back on it with hindsight from you know, yeah. we're what five Ric Flair retirements in. <laughs> yeah, point, I'm still waiting for next year's. Still waiting for next year's. So it's, we're seeing that with like a little bit of like you know, oh yeah, whatever. But even at the yeah. time, I don't think anybody would have bought it as being flared that match with they. No, only I if mean, he was like had a bad injury or something, you know. Like, no. yeah. There was the ultimate retirement match that we never got. Sally, we, ne- we never got Ric Flair versus Terry Funk in a retirement match. <laughs> that would have been the one, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that would have been the one. Been, yeah. Yeah. Funk could come in that one last time. But no, Terry what, Funk, please. What I was going to say is that. In this situation, this is just like way too many gimmicks. You either do the cage match or you do career versus career. You can't have and, and a special referee on top of that. No, exactly. So it's three. So you don't really need three. It's yeah, a career versus career with a special guest referee. Fine, but throwing them in a cage is just too much. I mean, for me, and and you might agree. Okay, I mean, uh, the greatest retirement match has ever been. Are you asking what? our opinion? Or... Our yes, opinion yes, or... yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, it's going to be, it's gonna be um, Taker at WrestleMania 24, surely. Yeah. Is that the Ric Flair one, yes? Yeah. Any other contenders? Uh, that's up there. I'm trying to think of any more. Um, it's difficult because it's not often a wrestler gets a retirement match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's usually they get hurt. Yeah. I mean, you could argue, for going out on top, you could argue Stone Cold at WrestleMania 19, but then obviously he's come back against Kevin Owens this year. Yeah. For a one-off, would that count? Because that was kind of like, that 
Austin versus it wasn't, Lesnar no, it, was, it wasn't announced as a retirement match. You know, no, like that's where, 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 no, yeah, no, it was yeah. WrestleMania 19, I suppose, if you're going to go down that road. No, no. Oh, God, I'm trying to think of some more. Because most of the time, it's like retirement gets kind of thrust upon them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind no. of short notice, medically, usually. But... For me, the greatest retirement match in when the gimmick was used perfect, even though the gimmick never stuck, was WrestleMania 7. Oh. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know people go on well, about the Michael. Yeah. The Michaels Flair match might have been good, but the subsequent soiled it a bit. I know you could argue the same with the Savage Warrior match that he didn't. Re- he was going to retire, by the way. That was the whole point of that. Savage wanted to retire, yeah. but when Warrior quit, he was Vince McMahon begged him back. But um, the whole storyline and the Elizabeth stuff and everything that for me was just fantastic. That that was such a oh, good yeah, way yeah, to use that gimmick. Um, whereas this just seems it's just there for the sake of having it there. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was a way to maybe shaft Ric Flair out of pay. I don't know if you've got that later to come, Cam. Have you? I do not know. I I was more concentrating on how they brought him back. Ah, well, I think there, it was something to try and keep him off telly and not pay him. But um, I don't think he went for it, and he held them up for a better contract. But I think their idea was to keep him off telly, so you know they didn't have to pay him as much. But I don't think that stuck. It's supposed to be like, you know, the big retirement match and Flair gets Flair loses. And he just kind of walks out. Like, there's no kind of... <laughs> yeah. he, does. he just disappears at the he end, He disappears. Hogan's cheering. He don't even get the kind of, you know, the tearful wave goodbye to the ring stuff. Like, no, he's it's, just, it's mainly he's because, once again, the spot that has to be in Hogan. Because when, I, mm-hmm. when, the, when this match ends, there's still 11 minutes of this pay-per-view to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. the important running at the end. I don't know if we're at that yet, but don't mm-hmm. spoil it for the viewers. Because oh, you'll never guess who it is. Never guess who it is. Yeah, I think we're going to we're finish because, yeah, Hogan, yeah. Um, leg drops, uh, well, everybody to Flair, leg drop to um, Flair. Oh, Flair one thing. Flair's obviously, Flair and Sherry in the ring, it's all kind of shouting going on. And as part of their, their devious plot to win the match, they, they handcuff Mr. T to the ropes? Yes. Yes. What? He's what? like, he's like, I ain't getting on no plane. I ain't getting on no plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just pack him up with the rest of the ring like that just, and then they just start, they start booting him every now and then it's like what point what, that doesn't make any sense at all why are you going to handcuff the ref who then can't count properly I suppose well, only handcuff one arm well, exactly I mean, like, I'll, give arm. I'll give you that but still that was like it makes no sense it is stupid and then some, some, I think somebody like magically cussed him at the end so Hogan can like lift him up and give him a big cheer yeah they found the key yeah this this this, this it's kind of a Obviously, we're coming. Well, no, this- no, no. Let me do that. What All they right. did is they handcuffed him to the bottom ring rope, so Colonel Decker could finally come and get him, <laughs> and they could get the reward money for him. That makes sense. <laughs> Flair's always short cast, isn't he? So perfect sense. sense. Perfect sense. There yeah. you go. Um, so yeah, there's 11 minutes of the show left when this match ends, which makes you worry that yeah. there's going to be some kind of shenanigans going. That 11 minutes is not dedicated to saying goodbye to a tearful Ric Flair as he walks off. No, the he's not bleeding. By the way, he's in no. unbleeding state. He's already on um, his model backstage, but that's a different story. <laughs> exactly. The masked man comes running down the ring. Uh, he's Can we mention Oakley Sting interfering? That's coming up. <laughs> All right. Um, it's Brother Brutai. It's Brother Brutai. Oh, yes. Bold it for everyone. Uh, no. well, it was never It was never going to be one of Hogan's friends. Never. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, then we get Kevin Sullivan. We get Earthquake. Or- no, no, we do <laughs> not get Earthquake. Can I point out? Thank you. In the in this the, the continuing theme of people from WDF is not bothering to buy new stuff and wearing their old gimmick stuff. <laughs> this, 
I've got an earthquake. He's just wearing earthquakes or oh, ring gear, isn't he? From WWF. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Wrong, never mind. It's exactly the same ring gear. It's all just an earthquake written on it. And he is he is bursting out of this outfit. So this must have been one he didn't wear very often because he was very um one for the oh, old days. I don't think miss more, out. Don't I think miss out. More milkshake than earthquake. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't miss out Sherry doing an axe handle from the top of the cage. I mentioned oh, that. Yes. that. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. She's she goes all out. But what's great yes. to the big reveal is like they reveal they take the mask ma- the, the mask man mask off and the crowd just kind of go oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty yeah. much it's uh it, it's this it's, it's a stupid end to a show that I guess we'll get to the ranking in a minute but. It it wasn't even like a show of two halves. It was just a show that didn't quite have know what its identity was meant to be. It's just weird. And then like yeah. you've got the beatdown going on. Sting comes out of the out of the crowd to tell, help Hogan. Yeah, and then Sting's, great... Sting's cosplaying Mister Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think you're fine. That is that is good shit, Cameron. Well done. <laughs> I think the uh, the best bit of Sting is, is like he, he's like cradling like an unconscious Hogan and like shaking yeah. him going Hogan shake, shake it off, off. Shake shake it off. off. <laughs> yeah that's the best bit shake it off Hogan he's like playing completely dead yeah and, and it's like just, you know, my final two notes are this is going on and on and on and on and on Heenan is extremely upset on and on and on and on he is <laughs> and then we get the end credits yep. yeah I do, I do like how we have credits did you notice the uh, the credits for the wrestling operations Oh, would that would that be one, Mister? Oh God, I forgot his name. God damn it! There was a load of names. There were a load of names. Yes, sorry. There was uh, some of the names. Uh, what was it? Jamie. I've written that name. Jamie Ng- uh, Engel, Bill Dundee, Greg Garnier, yeah. Mike Graham, Josh Hamilton, and one Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. We're down as Russian well. operations. I don't know if that means they're bookers or if they're agents for the matches, but uh, see, uh, the executive producer, senior vice president, was Eric Bischoff at the end, as, as always. Well, as I, always, I mean, yes. I mean, Sullivan appeared, what, four times during this show, so it does yeah. make sense if he was the booker. <laughs> yeah, and then, weirdly, he's, like, feuding with Hogan, right? We're into the kind of, is it Dungeon of Doom? Oh, Jesus. It's coming, it's coming, we need it's it. It's coming, coming. Dungeon of Doom, yeah. 95 yeah. is Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> Shall I tell you, like, I kind of like, had a thought about this show that kind of crystallized it for me at some point. We've been wasting our time for seven years? Well, there's that. Oh. <laughs> that's that's a given but like Arsh. was it your this best show, part in the match this show no this show and the kind of the makeup of the people on the show what it feels what it felt like to me it felt like what if WWF in 1991 just kept going does that make sense no <laughs> because it's like you've got Earthquake feuding with Hogan you've got the Nasty Boys like on the, on the card you've got Duggan cutting about the place who else is on there so this is this is the alternate reality of WF, yeah. Yeah, if nineteen ninety one uh, like this. All oh, right, okay. Flair's in there, like Flair's in there, like if honky tonk, honky tonk man, like if that yeah. kind of like, nineteen ninety one WWF period just kind of kept going with the same people, like this is where we end up. But then we wouldn't have such great superstars as the Repo Man. What would happen to the Repo Man? <laughs> well, well he, he, t- he turns up in ninety five as the. Black Fox Bully or something like that. There you go. Roger right. Jesus And he had a golfing gimmick at one point. Um, yes, one Barry Darslow. Um, <laughs> one Barry. Jesus Christ. Mid-90s WCW sucked. <laughs> but yeah, it just felt like like it was a show from like WWF from like three years prior. It was so weird. And it's like, but, was, but with WCW production values. 
But that was always like WCW's big problem when they signed Hogan in 90, between 94 and 96 until the NWO. It was always them trying to recreate that late 80s, early 90s WBF. Yeah, which is where we kind of get like... That was go, a big problem. And Mr. T popping up and all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mr. T popping up and all these sort of like sly references to WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Well, even when like, you had NW... Like, when we did what? Um, oh, which one was it? Was it Halloween Havoc 96? But uh, Piper turns up at the end. Yeah, yeah. They they just can't get away from trying to invoke that period of wrestling. Even when Hogan's like the NWO bad guy, they still. That was it. It was always it. just part, kind of almost like recent nostalgia for WCW in the late night in the late nineties. Yeah, and it was always like, oh, you remember these guys? You know, WWE F had kind of moved on eventually. Oh, it took them a while, but they'd move on to like The Rock and Triple H and Mankind mm. things like that. But WCW kind of traded a lot on that kind of like older guy coming back in kind of idea yeah. with your Savage and your Hogan's and your um, Piper's Warrior. Duggan going over uh, Steve Austin. Yeah. You know? that You've got kind that kind of, of yeah, they're pitching the fire of it. But I mean, that's arguably what kind of cut WCW late on, like 99 times, because all these guys were older, couldn't go, massively injured, and they'd never really... Made any brought anyone up from the mid card. No one else was allowed to come up when Hogan was on top. Yeah. So ergo, you know, I mean, it it it, it kind of underlines the whole thing when WCW just a couple of years before they shut down had the Millionaire Club versus the um, the New Blood, and the New Blood were all the sort of younger wrestlers, and they were put across as heels. Yeah. So you didn't want them to win at all. Well, yeah. they did the same in WC ACW, didn't they? That stupid. You know, they run the WrestleMania as they had ECW Originals versus the new guys. Yeah, but that was just kind of like to sign them off as a kind of like, you know, nostalgia pop on a one match of a WrestleMania. Yeah, but, but, but the, the, it was still the heels were played by the new guys who lost. So, you know. Yeah, yeah it was almost like kind of going, you know, how dare you trample on my memories. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, also, also we, we missed out. I think Hogan totally snubbed um, Muhammad Dali's handshake at the end of the match. So maybe, oh, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's, that's where the rumors started. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But it's a weird. It's a really weird show, though. Like I say, because it's like it you get so many weird WWF flashbacks because there's so like so many people on the cards you see in different gimmicks. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like it's competent enough. I mean, I think probably. You, whoa! What was that? <laughs> I think that that's a lady trying to text me. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. It's, 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 you know, she wants a Spanish good night. <laughs> oh, my God. Buenas noches. Buenas deliver a Spanish fly. Is that like, she's had a siesta, surely? She's... Well, she's wanting the thing before the siesta, you see. Went to the chorizo. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Right, enough of this. <laughs> on, on with the podcast. Was anyone like me thinking at the end of this show... Well, how did they bring Ric Flair back? <laughs> no, 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 because Ric Flair retired, so therefore, like, he never wrestled again, Cameron. Isn't that, no, isn't that correct? Oh, nonsense, <gasps> nonsense, nonsense. Well, please do tell the history of Ric Flair retirements, please. Well, well, I've got to just go very briefly here. I won't go into a sort of amazing detail because it does involve shows we might do in the future. Uh, but Ric Flair would return at Uncensored 95 and I'm reading this sentence 
in drag. Yes. <laughs> I've not seen this, but I've heard of this, yes. Um, they were trying to basically convey that he'd gone slightly mad during his retirement away from wrestling. And obviously, what more to shorthand on television suggests a man has gone mad than to have him cross-dress? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, obviously. Thinking of, like, early 90s American television, this makes yes, sense. Yes, yeah, it, it's totally, it, it makes absolute sense. Ahem. <clears throat> Uh, he attacked Randy Savage in his match against Avalanche, which caused a DQ, which was strange because it was a show based entirely on matches having no rules. Awesome. It was nothing, nothing on Seth Rollins versus The Fiend this time. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, anyway, what after, uh, after this, he got involved with the Vader versus Hogan feud, which prompted Savage and Hogan to lobby the WCW board to reinstate him. The theory being that Flair was better off having been on the inside than having him on the outside. Excuse sorry, me. Sorry, it's, it's sorry. Winner's <laughs> <laughs> not Jess. There's a joke somewhere about stopping your girlfriend buzzing during my speech here. <laughs> but I won't go into that. Cam's monologue's getting interrupted. Yes. I'll edit it flawlessly. You won't hear a thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Flawless. Don't worry about it, mate. Yes. Do you, want me start, you do you want me to start that paragraph again? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I'll be fine. Don't worry. I'll come right, flawlessly. Okay. okay. Uh, after this, he got involved in the Vader vs. Hogan. <clears throat> After this, he got involved in the Vader versus Hogan feud. Um, but with Savage and Hogan lobbying the WCW board to reinstate him, the theory being that it was better off that Flair was inside rather than outside the company. But they voted against this. Then we get the promos for Be Fair to Flair. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I have put on the Discord, one, the one I could find anyway. It is hilarious, and I'm hopeful that for the four minutes and 17 seconds it lasts, Phil's going to put that in right about now. <laughs> wow, okay. Ric Flair the athlete. Ric Flair the philanthropist. Ric Flair the scholar. Ric Flair the kind. Ric Flair the just. It is of his desire to once again express to the fans, board of directors and wrestlers of WCW, that his retirement is permanent and final and that over the past few months his good name has been wrongfully and unjustly smeared. It is with this in mind that he wishes all parties to be fair to Flair. I know it's hard to believe, but look who I'm with this week. Before you get too excited, I've got to explain to you. Hulk, don't say anything right now. I asked the Hulkster to be here so that I could talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. I want everybody out there that's concerned about being fair to Flair to understand why the Hulk and I fell apart. He's dragging Flair to T. He dropped the leg. No, please. Please. I'll be good. I'll never do that. Forget about the fact that the greatest wrestler of all time had to retire because of you. Forget about the fact that I had to go out and be a common man for the last six months. Forget about the fact that Ric Flair, that limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, wheel-a-dealing son of a gun, had to go back to complacency. Forget about that. You know, Hulk, we've got to go on with life. I've got to be... Jeez, you know, sometimes I have forgotten 
how big you are. My gosh, what a man. Who? Hulkster, oh, brother, no wonder you beat me in Detroit. Hulkster, here's the deal. If you will give Ric Flair the opportunity, and I know that you have a lot to say about this. I know that Bachwinkle and you were friends. Not best friends, but I know you have influence on Bachwinkle. I know the International Committee is in your pocket. Well, not really in your pocket. I know that you have influence. Let's leave it like that. I know, Hulkster, that if you put in a good word, if you say the right thing, to the right person at the right time, Rick Flair could be back. And if you will do that for me, if you will allow me to come back to be Rick Flair again, to be that styling, profiling, to be the greatest Hulk, here's the trade out. If you, no, no, wait, I know you have your side of the story. Let's not get to that right now. Let's deal with the issue at hand. Next week, there's a possibility that Ric Flair could be reinstated. Next week, there's a possibility that the Great One could walk that aisle again. Next week, there's a possibility that I could be back at WCW. The company, the franchise, back. Think about it, Hulk. I can't stand it. Now, in, in turn, I understand you've got to have guidelines. You've got to have things going your way. I understand momentum. You are the Hulkster. There are a legion of Hulkamaniacs behind you. I want to show you that if you're fair to Flair, I, I can be a Hulkamaniac. I promise never to chop you again. I promise never to chop you. I promise never to kick you in the leg again. I promise. I promise never to put my thumb in your eye or to pull your hair or to drop the knee across your face. I promise never to put the figure four on you and pull as hard as I can. I promise never to jump over the railing, jump in the ring, and interfere in a match of yours again. I promise. Oh, oh gone nuts. No, he's lost it. And above all else, Hulkster, I promise to take the vitamins, to say the prayers, and to become a Hulkamaniac, to stand behind you with that legion of support. Hulkster, in other words, I promise that you and I, side by side, may boldly go where no other wrestlers have ever gone before. The Hulkster and the Nature Boy! Wow. Was <laughs> a whole awesome. minutes in there. Uh, then apparently the WCW board voted again and they voted 3-2 to two to reinstate Ric Flair. Ric okay. Flair's first match televised back in WCW in 1995 was April the 28th. <laughs> Collision in Korea. Oh, yes. Against oh, Antonio Inoki. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's like it goes from appearing again in drag, voted back in North Korea. Wow. I mean, that, that, that show's not on the network, I don't believe. No, I just say no. here on my research, like, and I go, it's one of the very few WCW shows that's not on the WWE Is the network. match, is it even that main event on the network or just uh, nothing? Uh, nope, I don't think I it is. I don't think it's on there at all. 
No, it's not. It's not on there at all. It's kind of a controversial one because obviously it's North Korea. I mean, it does hold the all-time attendance record for fans. However, I don't think everyone there was there really. really. (laughs) No, 340,000. Yeah, I think this was more down as disputed. (laughs) (laughs) You mean mean like how they claimed 48,000 at SummerSlam, but really it was only like 40. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say it's in Pyongyang, North Korea. Yep, good old Glenn Jacobs, you fucking asshole. Then, uh, it, took, it took them, like, it's, it says here, the actual matches were on April the 28th and the 29th, 1995, but it was only aired on August the 4th. Weird. Well, what happened in this day? It took them months, seemingly, to... Well, I mean... To smuggle the footage back out of North Korea, I suppose. <laughs> Probably. Or at least to, uh, I don't know. So Flair retired then, and then his yep. next retirement was, would that have been... The big one against um, Michaels, like a proper I retirement. Think, I think officially, yeah. There was no kind of other kind of career enders in between that point. I don't know about Winners. WCW. Like I don't know what happened after, but obviously in WE, that was it, wasn't it? And then he went on that. Uh, what was this stipulation if he lost to Misting McMahon at Royal Rumble '92? Right, '92, Royal Rumble 2002. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 92. <laughs> no, 2002. They had a street fight for the control of WWE, so I don't know if oh, Flair God. had to leave if he lost that, because obviously Flair won. Um, no, I don't really remember much else. So obviously, I remember in 2002 him coming out and cutting the promo that he had one good run left in him. That's what he said, one good run, and that lasted <laughs> until 2008. So yeah. also, that last run lasted until 2022, I'll have you know. Well, yeah, 2008 in WF, anyway, WWE. And then he did a storyline, didn't he, where it was a career-threatening match. Every match he had oh. was a career-threatening oh, match. I remember him fighting MVP, I think it was, at the Royal Rumble and beating him. And then he had a few others. And then, obviously, the one against Michaels was a career-threatening match. But literally, everybody knew he was going to lose. Well, yeah, everyone knew that this was it. It still doesn't I mean, take away from that moment, though. No, the that moment was magical. At the end. The, I'm sorry, man, yeah. I love you. He's one of like wrestling. Yeah. Hmm. Most well, emotive well, 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 maybe if he loved him, he shouldn't have kicked him in the face. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, like, it's, it's kind of like the old... You know, as a friend, you need to stop now. Sadly, he didn't. The, the problem was that's a very iconic moment. And I think Flair coming back out of retirement sort of spoiled that a lot. Do you reckon? You don't say. You don't say. The whole TNA thing and come back. Well, Mick Foley did as well, didn't he? Like, he ruined his oh, retirement. Oh, yeah. Foley did it. Sting did it. Well, I mean, oh, Sting Foley, didn't really... Foley does it, like, for Floy? Like, two months. Floley? Foley, yeah, Foley does it the month after, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah That's a good like... off character, isn't it? To go with uh, 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 Flick Rare. Yeah. Floley. His tag team partner. Maybe that was his name in North Korea. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But it's like, yeah, it's like, there's this kind of real kind of people want to come back that one last time and it never really pays off. Well, no, but he just um, can't help it because he's, he, he, I think he just can't stand being at, being at the spotlight. He needs to be at it at all times. And if that's yeah. wagging his penis on a flight or nearly dying in the ring or yeah. just being on TV somewhere. It's kind he, of like he, he, he just needs the money because he's put himself in the well, house before he needs the money. Exactly. Sting doesn't need the money, uh, so he can pick and choose when he wants to do it. Taker's yeah. the same. He doesn't need to come back. Please, God, no. let Taker just not come back. Please let him just stay home. I think he's probably ruined it enough now with what he said. And 
the fact that I don't know. I think Taker's... the boneyard, like leaving it on the boneyard much is fine because the way it ended. Yeah. yeah. So, like, sorry, just 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 to rewind, I haven't been up on stuff. What's Taker said? He said he's been saying that a lot of the WWE products soft now that they they don't know how to work. Back in my day, it was better. Blah blah blah. When Forget we had steroids and guns in our back and and, and giant Gonzalez. And and Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah, yeah. I just and then he did his Hall of Fame speech, obviously, and went, "He's never seen never." And I was like, "No, please uh, don't." Yeah, yeah. As, okay. we, as we like alluded to, we're like recording this what, like a December a week out from Ric Flair's last match. Yep, where where he, he passed out in a figure four leg lock because he was so nasty. <laughs> yeah, and then pins in inverted commas Jeff Jarrett. And yeah. Jeff Jarrett's got a line on the map there's, for There's an amazing clip afterwards where Andrade comes over to check on him, and you can actually see Flair mouth. I passed out. <laughs> it's like it shouldn't. It shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening. No, it shouldn't. This this match is an anomaly because it should never yeah. have happened. And, and I didn't like the the monetary thing behind it as well. Because unless I'm wrong, wasn't there a stupid charge to have it or something? You could pay up to like two hundred dollars for it. Super yeah, like yeah, I read that somewhere. Yeah. That was because you were going to get a bit of the ring. You were going to get like other stuff. Where I think the actual pay per view itself was like thirty five bucks. How much was now? Because it was on the Fight TV app. I remember seeing it at the top. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. It was on Fight. To see what it was. But yeah, uh, it's like there was clearly no. like a financial thing behind it for him. It's it's a cash grab. It was. It was yeah. a match. I mean, it's kind of like what they're doing with W. You're doing with Clash at the Castle. They're charging absolutely ridiculous prices. Yep. For well, a show that's going to suck. It, it seems just to be a glorified house show, doesn't it? It is. It is. It's a glorified house show. I mean, now, now Reigns isn't even champion, so it's not like the Drew McIntyre match is a title match. No, unless for some bizarre reason between now and then. I don't think there's a pay-per-view before then, is there? Or a premium well, live event, I should say. Right, sure. Reigns is the champion, isn't he? Have I been uh, so far? I thought Lesnar won it, no? No, Reigns is the champion. Oh, sorry, I I thought Lesnar won it in SummerSlam. No, no, no. I I didn't watch SummerSlam, but Lesnar looked like he was celebrating with a belt at the end, so I was confused. No, he was underneath, like, tables and all sorts after he, like, used a tractor to move the ring out of the way. (laughs) That's the (laughs) way I saw, yes. How pissed off would you have been if you were sat on the site that was blocked? You bought ringside tickets to the stadium <laughs> show and you, you couldn't that. see anything. Telling Aldo is like going, wouldn't you have had it, you know when like, um, Austin Theory cashed in or tried to cash in? Yeah. And they ended up doing that pathetic thing of going, oh no, they didn't have the briefcase, the referees doesn't oh, count. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it have been better if they'd have had him cash in, right? And he tries to pin Roman Reigns in the ring. Yep. And just as he's about to count to three, the ring gets lifted up by the tractor. It would have been, yeah. and then they both roll out. I'm not sure if Lesnar could have got the timer right. He's talking about three goes. Yeah, the there. timing would have been a nightmare, but it would have looked exceptionally cool. But, I mean, I watched them in a minute. I thought it was pretty good. Like, for what it was, like, you know, Reigns versus Lesnar, which we've seen like mm. about three or four times before. But, like, it was like the, the way they escalated it was like an absolute hoot, you know. And Happy Cowboy Brock Lesnar, I didn't realize I needed that in my life. <laughs> yeah. Just, comes down to the ring smiling when you lift up that the, the ring in the tractor he looks so happy like he was like really i'm just i'm getting paid for this kind of look on his face it was brilliant i think you know they, they do it for that kind of like sort of gifable moment probably but unfortunately he didn't drop the ring on rick flair and defeat him in his last match no <laughs> which would no gravity took care of that <laughs> where does this go in the league table well that's the question Shall I confirm where the other uh, Halloween Havocs are? We've done one yes. Halloween Havoc, haven't we, I think? Um, I'm not sure. Hold We've on. done Halloween Havoc 96. Mm-hmm. Right. Halloween Havoc 96. 
Which, if I'm Thanks looking at the right one and up to date, is currently 26 on the table. That is not the most up to date one. That's no, not the most up to date one. I've got one. here is 35. 35. So it's right Oof. down above the table. It is above World War Three, and it is below. No, it's above World War Three, and it's below Starcade 1990 the Wrestling World Cup. No, sorry, it's Starcade 83. Sorry, it's yeah, Flair for the Gold. Sorry. Mm. So we're kind of in the kind of the, the WCW ghetto down the end of the table. <laughs> the WCW ghetto. Wow. I mean, it's accurate. Let's be fair. And I mean, I'm not sure if it needs to go. The lowest WWF show is the Wrestling Classic. Oh, that was better than this, I felt. Yeah, I agree. And then we've got Starcade 92. I think, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's below the 96 Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I'd say so. It's not as good as Flair for the Gold, because that's got the... Is it... um, Who's in the main event? Is it Racing Flair in the cage? Yeah, Racing Flair in the cage, yeah. Nothing on this card is better than that. It's also also the Starcade. The first Starcade also has the Piper versus Valentine. Yeah. Hmm, that's true, yeah. Why is Which that is so great. low then? I don't know. We were always <laughs> feeling that at the time. I don't, I'm not sure. And then Halloween Havoc 96, what's on that card? That's the. Yeah, so is it Fogan Macho in the main event, isn't it? I think, if I remember right. We should really think about how weird it's going to go before we actually start recording. Nah. Yeah, it's more fun this way. Oh, I do... agree. Well, fun this Halloween way. Halloween Havoc 96, yeah? Yeah. So all I really remember is the. Um... The main event, I don't remember the rest of the card, which says something about it, I think. It's not positive, uh, anyway. Your main event was... Yeah, Hollywood Hogan defeated Randy Savage. Oof. It was the Outsiders versus Harlem Heat. Uh, Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit versus Meng and the Barbarian. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Luger versus Arn Anderson. Six versus Jericho. Giant versus Jeff Jarrett, uh, Diamond Dallas Page against Eddie Guerrero, and your opening match of the broadcast was Gene Malenko versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's 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 worse than that, Carl. Yeah, because I remember that opening match being a banger. Yeah, Malenko. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you look at that, you're like, yep, yeah, that was going to be an absolute. So, yeah. Is it better than World War Three? Yes, because it's got one ring. Correct. So it's number thirty-five. <laughs> there we go. It's going to be yeah. There's going to be it's going to be the thirty-sixth. Best pay-per-view ever. Oh, okay. coins, the WCW dustbin at the bottom of the <laughs> table. <laughs> oh, bless. You, you know what's funny? The very first show we ever reviewed is still holding the fort at number one. That's because yeah, we do trash like this every week. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Probably, Al, you, yeah. picked, you picked this trash, remember? I, I did, that is true, but yeah. Next month is a very special show. Next month we turn 50. We do. It's only taken us eight years, but... Taken us way longer than it probably should have done, but never mind. Well, you know. And I think we were discussing this during the week, and I think we've come up with a very entertaining idea. (laughs) We have, if we can make it come off. If we can make it so. We are going to do, for the 50th episode, all four of us are going to watch the epic known as No Holds Barred. Oh, yes. The Hogan attempt at a Rocky movie. After <laughs> being in Rocky 3? 
All he directed right. a couple of episodes of Firefly. Uh, Supernatural in 2005. That's nine episodes uh, of One Tree Hill. He last did Castle in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's quite telling that on the Wikipedia page for the film, like the, the writer and the producer like haven't got a Wikipedia page. <laughs> no. They're just like regular text and that's it. Yeah. Uh, my guess is those were pseudonyms. Music by Jim Johnson. Who he? Who he? I have no idea. <laughs> it seems like... Ah. Just reading the description of the um, the film, it says Rip Thomas is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. So is WWEF actually in the film? Then I can't remember that at all. He has no. a wrestler match at the start. Yeah, Hogan's not Hulk Hogan in it. He's Rip Rogers, isn't Rip, Rip, Rip Thomas? Yeah, Tip Tip Romus. <laughs> he starts off by <laughs> a wrestler match. Yeah, yeah, it's like flipping. What is it? Uh, London Red or whatever from Pro Evo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> London Red. <laughs> So yes, next month, episode 50, we are watching No Holds Barred. Bring your popcorn. Yeah, bring your popcorn, bring <laughs> your tissues, it'll be emotional. Film critic Brian Orndorff described the film as tremendously crude, unapolog- unapologetically manip- manipulative, and aimed directly at easily entertained 13-year-old boys. He can be described with this podcast. <laughs> no. We're, we're a mature podcast because we don't want to get arrested and put on lists. I'm going to put that into the flipping description of the show. That's brilliant. <laughs> and the fact that the guy's called Brian Orndorff as well, who was the film critic. <laughs> I think it was related to Paul, I think he was. Clearly. Yeah, he, yeah, was he was upset Paul wasn't asked to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he is a wrestler. There's so many bad films Hogan's been in. Like what? Three like, Ninjas at High Noon? Santa with Muscles? There's something else I'm going to have to find as well. I might cut this out thing. I'm going to try and find, I might see if we can find it. But there's uh, No Hold Barred, the match slash the movie. Yeah, oh, yes. Sure, we, need to watch, we, we, we should really watch the um, match as well. Program consisted of the film in its entirety, followed by a match previously recorded at a wrestling, wrestling challenge yeah. taping. It's currently one of the few WWE pay-per-views not yet available on the WWE network. One of that, that, that's, 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 no, that's a half-truth. The match is on the network. Oh. Yes, the, the film's not on the network. So the, the actual film is I think we should, yeah. personally, I think we should watch the... It's only 10 minutes long. I think we should watch it after the match because it is that is the the idea was the match in the movie. So I think we should watch oh, the okay. match after yeah, the movie. Yeah, let's do that. It's a Steel Kid yeah. rematch from SummerSlam. Way nice. It's on. Um, if you want to find it on the network, I think it's Super Tape One. It's on. In fact, I'll go find it for you now. It's on. Oh, the Super Tapes. Of course, it's on Super Tape. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you and you might want to watch that Super Tape a bit more closer as well. Oh, uh, because yeah. um, as well as having that match on. It's got a special profile on the bushwhackers. For oh, fuck's sake. This is what we're doing out. Well, I think we'll Bye. Bye. Think... <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we are the worst. She was... <laughs> she was not a video. We could just have like WCW style credits rolling out. <laughs> oh, that'd be incredible. You should, you should, you should have done that. You're right because it didn't work on that audio. But yeah, it's just no. It's like, put, like audio put loads, loads of rolls down, but only all four names get mentioned in all these rolls. <laughs> <laughs>
I made it a household name. Number nine, without me, everyone thinks Alex Wright can dance. Can you imagine that magenta? Number eight, I'm living up to my end of the bargain. I haven't wrestled since October. Number seven, because I just might buy the company and fire everyone. Number six, I'm still in everyone's mind. Just listen to Hogan and Savage. Number five, women are going crazy. Look what happened to Savage and Uncensored. A half-crazed woman came out of the stands and beat him up. Number four, if I'm not in WCW, what are they going to do? Close down Space Mountain? <laughs> Number three, the whole world's going through flair withdrawal. Number two, I'm a kiss. Stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. And the number one reason WCW should be fair to Flair is woo! Mr. Fibbles is very hungry. You trout slapper. I don't know, Phil. I'm not an expert in Spanish science. <laughs> and who's going to get the bad blaster? Who cares? Gangrel killed Jeffrey the Giraffe.